My fellow Americans, we're in a disgusting war of left-wing mentality. How can we live with our children being exposed to this left? Our Governor Newsom, his demands for shots. How can we be taken down by such wrongdoing against our freedom, our rights as humans, as Americans? Let us vote for Elder, Larry Elder. Let our states be saved with truths, with a force of God's rules, not leftist rules that will destroy our young. I will stand for Elder. I will ask all to vote for this man of dignity, of truths, not of power, not of lies. We the people deserve a chance to bloom with our greatest gifts, our children of God. We must save them from this deceit. Let us bring Elder in to reconstruct our state with integrity, with honor, with truths. Ask all let us rid this man's horror, Newsom, and let our nation be lifted from this darkness. And we, the people, must understand and see these lies. And I want you all to remember our God-given gifts. Our forefathers fought for our freedom of choice. Choice, not for mandatory, to force or control one's beliefs, but to honor one's will, one's free will without control, for freedom, for our American dream. The dream all came here from all over the world to be part of freedom. And now it's being destroyed. But I'll pray and I will say that man, man is powerful and God's love is here. And we can all take our freedom back because we are God's true heroes, his children, his creation of free will, of love. And we all must not forget this truth. And we all must not fear, for God is here. And my fellow Americans, lies will die and truth will stay alive. Don't allow our state to crumble any longer. Let us bring the California country to her best yet. Elder will help us save her. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new week. Today is, uh, let's see, September 13th. Yeah, just making sure I'm not uh, echoing there. September 13th, 2021. A Monday, that is. And uh, this is a brand new edition of Mr. Uh, <laughs> the Sea <C> Report. <laughs> and uh, we are coming to you live on the foxhole.app as well as on Clout Hub and on Twitch. I hope all of you all are having a great, great uh, afternoon, a great Monday. I'm hoping your uh, week has started off on the right foot. And uh, we are rip-roaring and ready uh, to bring you guys a brand new show, jam-packed with uh, all the good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, it has been a great Monday indeed. I had a great weekend all around and all together. Uh, great conversations had uh, during our uh, shows, Mr. C in the Dark, 
as well as Lone Star News weekend shows that we do here on the C channels. And also, um, you know, a great, uh, a great weekend and uh, memorialization of September 11th. Uh, 2001, uh, that being, of course, uh, the terrorist attacks that affected our country, our freedoms and our lives in such a great way. Uh, not that the greatness of it was a good thing, but uh, I think you guys know what I mean by that. And uh, yeah, and so we are ready to go, guys. And uh, we're going to hit it off today with a pretty good show. We have a lot of, uh, <laughs> we have a lot of, um, how you say, we have a lot of uh, type of video clips and things to come today. Um, what we're going to do today, what I was like thinking actually, is that in all honesty, um, for today's show, if you ain't a fan of President Trump, then you might want to go home. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to, we got, so we got a whole bunch of Trump stuff going on for you guys today. It was actually quite the uh it was quite the um weekend for president trump he seemed to have been on a whirlwind of uh meeting stops uh, engagements um for and to commemorate uh the uh 2001 terrorist attacks as you know uh that was the uh, ticket for this past weekend i'm going to say to get my header straight uh, let me see here. Let me go ahead and adjust that real quick, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, like I was saying, that was the uh, that was a ticket this weekend. Uh, just about uh, any news agency, anyone on the independents, all that good stuff, uh, were engaged in uh, commemorating and memorializing uh, that fateful day that affected uh, America and the citizens of the world in such a strong and stark way. So uh, what we prepared for you guys today is a bit of a, a, a clip show, I guess you could say, uh, that we'll be doing to uh, to uh, kind of a show, you know, a lot of the uh, areas and places that uh, President Trump was uh, involved in speaking engagements. Of course, as you know, uh, President Trump was um, uh, accounted for uh, during the, uh, was it the Triller boxing match uh, between uh, Holyfield and the other guy whose name I don't remember. Uh, now, as I, as, as some of y'all may know, a uh, boxing match was probably a little bit disappointing, right? I think a lot of people uh, were basically saying that a Holyfield should have just uh, stayed retired and uh, stopped while he was ahead. Now, of course, I didn't see the bo boxing match. Um, it had originally been touted for a pay-per-view. And, uh, well, I mean, from what I understand, it seems that uh, it, it sold so poorly, uh, they went ahead and released a free link to the boxing match. Um, but, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, privy to that in the nick of time. So, uh, you know, we weren't going to air it anyways. But... But to be sure, um, I have a fun clip uh, that was put together uh, featuring all of his commentary moments. So we are going to take a look at that. I think it'll be pretty fun. Uh, but like I said, uh, we're going to do uh, tonight's, uh, tonight's um, episode aptly titled Reinstate President Trump, Elect Larry Elder. Uh, that is exactly what we will be uh, focusing on today. Of course, um, hot on the heels of the California recall election, uh, we will be uh, talking a little bit about uh, the Larry Elder campaign, as well as his recall efforts and a few other interesting news items as tomorrow is Recall Day, California, uh, wherein uh, Californians will decide the fate of Gavin Gruesome Newsom, uh, barring that there is not any type of um, any type of um, any type of fraud 
activity taking place during this election. And of course, fraud is uh, is very and highly suspect to occur. Um, and uh, I find it rather interesting uh, that in uh, in the face of individuals like Hari Hursty and a whole bunch of leftist um, uh, liberals over there in Democrat crying uh, wolf in regards to a fraudulent election, uh, we now have um, the left and the media, as well as the bad old governor himself, Gruesome Newsome, uh, crying and whining about uh, Larry Elder's calls for a possible fraudulent election. So we'll jump into that today. And of course, as you all may know, um, former actress Rose McGowan uh, dropped another series of bombshells this past weekend and also came out in support of Larry Elder for governor. She, of course, being a former Democrat turned, I don't think she's a Republican. Uh, she's definitely, uh, she's definitely a, I would say a constitution supporter, if not maybe a supporter of common sense, uh, which, you know, the constitution of the United States of America for the United States of America is pretty much based in other than, uh, you know, um, God's, uh, given gift to man, um, uh, and our rights, um, uh, retained therein by that gift. So, uh, you know, we'll take a look a little bit about that. Uh, we started the show for those of you who might have missed it uh, with uh, an endorsement from actor Jean Voigt. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jean Voigt as well as his poetry. Um, I love his writing and he is a diehard American patriot um, and uh, he has come out in support of um, he's come out in support of uh, Larry Elder. Um, also another another Hollywood uh, name, big Hollywood name coming out uh, to support uh, common sense, Republican conservative values, and just wanting to turn around not only the despairing uh, kind of items that we see creeping up in the um, landscape of this great Republican, Democratic Republic, uh, but also their, their, for their home state as well. So we will take a look at that, ladies and gentlemen. We will take a look at that. And uh, also today we have, um, whew, man, Today, we will be featuring two interviews from President Trump as well. So that's what I said. If you're not a fan of President Trump, you might, you know, you might want to, you know, <laughs> you might want to go somewhere else because you're going to see a lot of him in today's episode. Uh, we have a, a, a smashing um, uh, we have a smashing interview with President Trump uh, hosted by the Gateway Pundit. Uh, that is a 45-minute interview, and we will be featuring that at the end of today's episode. And then also um, the long-sought-after interview between President Trump and the program called Full Measure. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you guys remember last week I was complaining about not being able to find an interview anywhere uh, with President Trump. And when I did, it was uh, it was locked behind, uh, you know, the, um, the gates of Facebook. Well... I guess I was a little ahead of the ball here because uh, the interview I was looking for with President Trump that I could not find was, in fact, the full measure interview. And it actually aired this weekend. So I guess I was a little ahead on that one, which is actually kind of fine, other than the fact that I was like beat myself up not being able to get a copy of it to you guys. Uh, but we'll get to watch it tonight. Uh, it aired this past weekend, as I said, I believe on Sunday. 
And uh, that is a 10-minute interview uh, that the host um, had with President Trump there in Bedminster, New Jersey. So looking forward to all of that. Other than that, we got uh, another story or two to uh, pepper uh, the uh, report with tonight. And uh, I think it should be a fun, fun, fun time. Uh, so get ready for that, ladies and gentlemen, as we uh, jump into today's report. Again, I want to welcome everyone to the show uh, live on Twitch, as well as the Foxhole.app and Clout Hub. Uh, jumping over to the Foxhole, we're going to check out who we got joining us in the chat this evening. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit is in the house. Disco Ball Chaser, have a great show, C. Tombstone, good evening. Empress Speech to you is in the house as well, and thank you for gifting the cookie. Just V, my sweet, is also in the house. Good evening. I hope you're doing well today. And uh, Just V says, I don't like the way Israel celebrates 9-11 like it's some party time. Yeah, you know, uh, that's the thing about it there. Um, when we were kind of talking about the difference between memorializing the 9-11 terrorist attacks as opposed to celebrating its uh, 20th anniversary. And I think uh, the Texan uh, made that point pretty well on this past Saturday show uh, for Lone Star News, because uh, there is a difference, you know. Uh, some people say, uh, never forget 9-11, to which I say, never forget the 9-11 terrorist attacks, uh, because it's all, it, it all goes into that culture, and it all goes into, uh, it all goes into uh, those who may not remember or who were not alive during that time, who have since then sprung up into adulthood, um, uh, it is a big difference. You know, um, we, we definitely don't want to be celebrating, you know, uh, the uh, worst terrorist attack on our, uh, on our country on its uh, own ground. Uh, but definitely it is a thing to remember. And uh, I think you all will, you all get that difference and you all will pretty much see that difference. You know, we're also going to be uh, looking at uh, some of the other events that were taking place around the United States too specifically. You know, of course, uh, one involving the illegitimate joke president that is Pedo Joe Biden, as well as uh, he who oversaw um, that tragedy in the Oval Office and also drew us into what President Trump calls the quicksand that is the Middle East and all its altercations. One, George W. Bush, you know, um, and as he was also, uh, you know, it, George W. Bush gave a speech for 9-11, right? Um, and yet our joke of a resident president could not even muster up the brain cells nor the stamina to do so himself. And that, my friends, says a lot about uh, the situation that we have going on here. Uh, so we are definitely going to dip into that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's see what else we got here. Merkers uh, is in the house. Good evening, Doreen, and is gifting the can uh, with a greeting to all. I'm betting a bunch of frauds is just V now. Just V, I'm sure she won't mind my saying, is a resident in the state of California. So stakes are high over there, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yes, indeed, a lot of fraud, a lot of attempts at fraud, it would seem also. It would seem that uh, just prior to this, uh, to this recall election, a lot of this fraud has been busted, but there's no telling what else they have in mind uh, where that is concerned. A lot of fraud that has been busted and uh, a lot of uh, preemptive types of activities that they want to, uh, they want to instill in order to uh, be able to get away with the fraud to come. 
We can mention that a little bit later. Of course, I'm thinking about Harry Hursty here, or Harry Hursty, or however that oaf wants to pronounce his name. I'm pretty sure he smells either way. He kind of looks like he does. So uh, yeah, and that's basically that, ladies and gentlemen. That is basically that. Good evening, Rapture Ready. You are not so late, in my book anyways. And uh, Tombstone says, uh, GW, George W., thinks 1-6 was worse. Indeed, my friend. And that's exactly what we're going to touch on uh, when we get into that story with W. Um, and again, guys, yeah, I mean, really and seriously and uh, truthfully speaking, when we have all of these high profile te- uh, treasonous politicians uh, who are there really driving this po- point home, ladies and gentlemen, and perhaps they used 9-11 uh, terrorist attack um, memorials to um, to further instill that sense of um, urgency that they so want the rest of the American people to submit to their uh, subconscious minds, subconsciousness, and, uh, and uh, leave it there until it needs to be pulled out when they make their move with a false flag terrorist attack in the name of patriots, America first citizens, and MAGA, uh, MAGA supporters. Um, and, and it seems to me that this narrative is what they keep on building on. And uh, George W.'s uh, speech there in Shanksville, um, um, Pennsylvania, definitely goes towards uh, to support that, uh, that frame of thought that I have in regards to what we are talking about. Um, let's see. Just V says the 9-11 inside attack. Yep. We know there were no terrorists from other countries causing that. And I like that refinement of that thought. Just V. In fact, that is what we should call it. I call uh, I call January 6th the uh, January 6th false flag riots. Right. So perhaps we should start calling it the 9-11 false flag terrorist attack or something to that effect. Just for a little bit more clarity on our stance and our point of view, our understanding, and what we know to be true of that day. In fact, you know, if anyone was paying attention to uh, the myriads of content creators, as well as other shows out there that take the America First MAGA or Patriot standpoint, uh, a lot of them were reviewing um, many points that had to do with evidence that lends towards a false flag. So if any of you guys got to catch any of those shows and kind of, you know, um, kind of uh, uh, rehashed some of those maybe perhaps dormant memories about all the points that prove to the fact that this was more of an inside job slash false flag than an actual terrorist attack, then uh, then I would recommend uh, going back and doing it, uh, going back and checking it out. Jump over to the foxhole.app and you will be able to find many shows and programs uh, that uh, spoke to that fact uh, from this past September 11th on Saturday. Um, so I would highly recommend that you guys do go check it out. There are many shows that definitely brought out the finer points of evidence leading towards a false flag terrorist attack on that day. So good point there, Mr. Just V, we should crystallize it right down to that point. And yes, ma'am, that is exactly what it was. The 9-11 false flag terrorists attack. And uh, yeah, we're about to take a ride, guys. (laughs) But you know what they say, ladies and gentlemen, buy the ticket, take the ride. So you ain't getting off this one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Rapture Ready says, uh, Rapture Ready says, uh, in California, I saw news that people who went to vote today were told they already voted. More shenanigans. Oh, did you hear that, uh, Rapture Ready? Because guess what? Rapture Ready is right on the target. We have that story coming up for you guys today, so we'll expand into that. And uh, yes, uh, <laughs> Pill by the Rabbit, September Fool's Day, uh, 11th, false flags. Yeah, it certainly was. It was a day to fool many. Uh, most unfortunately, it uh, it fooled a lot of we uh, uh, patriots and Americans and, uh, and even those who were asleep. Uh, we can't blame them for being asleep, but they were still fooled. Uh, good evening, Aurelius Luck, and good evening, Deplora Laura. Good to have you over there in Twitch holding on the light. I hope you are doing well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's show. Now, as always, uh, President Trump leads here at the Sea Report. And guess what? We have his statements back. Aha! Uh-huh. At least the uh, the graphic of it. So uh, President Trump did release uh, several statements over the weekend, as one might expect, aside from his whirlwind tour in a memorial of the 9-11 uh, terrorist attacks or uh, false flag terrorist attacks. I'm going to I'm going to get that one inserted into my uh, into my typical uh, uh, lingo here and uh, we'll we'll keep up with it. So. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and get started with this first statement. And I will expand that for your uh, viewing eyes, your viewing eyes. Well, I guess that's what uh, eyes do, huh? All right. Uh, this statement uh, from President Trump uh, comes on September 13th. It says our country is far more susceptible to attack by outside terrorist groups than ever before. Our enemies all over the world are inspired by what just happened in Afghanistan. The removal of the military first and our gift of 85 billion in military equipment. We are no longer respected after the pathetic and incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan. It will be a long time. Uh, before we gain our reputation back. Just nine months ago, the United States was viewed as being strong, and now we are being viewed as weak and stupid. The Taliban totally has re- totally retaken Afghanistan, a far more potent position than they had 20 years ago, after we spent trillions of dollars with hundreds of thousands of lives lost on both sides. This loss emboldens not only foreign terrorists, but also Antifa and BLM. It's sad that this is not what you hear from the fake news media who are only interested in talking about terrorism from the right and protecting an illegitimate president. Our reputation is gone. Our borders are broken. Inflation is raging and COVID continues, even with the vaccines developed under Trump to ravage our nation. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, indeed. Uh, need, I, need I not agree with that? Of course I do. Of course I do. And, uh, you know, all of this, all in all said, you know, and it's interesting because even in that point about the $85 billion gift uh, that we lent over to, um, um, lent over, that we gave over to Afghanistan, uh, it's it's interesting, guys, when you're reading the uh, mainstream rags out there, and I'm talking, of course, about uh, the legacy uh, journals and and publications, whether they be internet or print, uh, they will have fighting points for all of this. And in regard to that $85 billion uh, figure that President Trump um, often speaks about, 
Uh, they, of course, are saying that it was not $85 billion in equipment. Uh, in fact, they are saying that the equipment that we left over there is not even highly advanced. Now, uh, you know, it would be ignorant to say that, uh, you know, someone from over in Afghanistan or let alone a Taliban uh, member would not be able to fly, you know, a helicopter um, because, I mean, after all, uh, don't they have like well-developed and uh, multi-billion dollar cities in Africa? But what is the picture that we are painted about the continent of Africa? The picture we are painted is that they are still third world country with no running water, disease and famine and a huge jungle full of lions, tigers and bears. Well, maybe not the tigers and bears, but definitely the lions and the elephants and the giraffes and the hyenas. Uh, but that is that is the farthest thing from the truth in the con continent of Africa. They have like dozens of multi-billion dollar cities that are well-developed with electricity and internet and running water and proper sewage and automobiles, you know? So um, getting back to the point about the Taliban, you know, of course they can fly a helicopter. I mean, come on, ladies and gentlemen. But at the same time, you know, you have the mainstream media, lamestream fake news media telling us that A, it either they were not as advanced as they were, uh, which I would tell to disbelieve. I mean, of course, that comes natural here when we're talking about what's going on over in uh, uh, compared to uh, what's happening in reality in in uh, the mainstream media. Uh, but also, you know, um, uh, also including in that $85 billion uh, figure, you know, like half of that amount went to uh, pay off the Afghanis or not pay off to uh, to well, their paychecks. Right. And, and apparently this was all of uh, taxpayer money. Uh, the paychecks and also that would include the Afghanistan army who uh, could not find it with them themselves to fight for their country without a paycheck. Indeed, President Trump called them the highest paid military in the world. And when they pooled that money, of course, they pooled fighting for the uh, freedom, right? The continued uh, freedom of Afghanistan from the forces of the Taliban. So anyways, who knows? Uh, but uh, at the same time, I'm kind of thinking, yep, ladies and gentlemen, indeed, um, $85 billion worth of military equipment and, uh, you know, updating and, and building Bagram as well as other bases. I'm pretty sure that that figure would stand. I'm pretty sure that figure would stand indeed. And of course, protecting the illegitimate president, as well as uh, talking about terrorism from the right. We're hearing that narrative more so than ever right now as we move forward throughout the rest of this year. We will see where they take it. Our next statement from President Trump, again, September 13th. So interesting to watch former President Bush who is responsible for getting us into the quicksand of the Middle East and then not winning as he lectures us that terrorists are on the uh, terrorists on the right are a bigger problem than those from foreign countries that hate America and that are pouring into our country right now. If that is so, why was he willing to spend trillions of dollars and be responsible for the death of perhaps millions of people? He shouldn't be lecturing us about anything. The World Trade Center came down during his watch. Bush led and failed and uh, failed and uninspiring pre president presidency. He shouldn't be lecturing anybody. And uh, yeah, 
truer words never said, kind of what I'm saying here on my end. Uh, of course, I find it um, uh, not not so much ironic as um, as as disgusting um, that uh, <laughs> disgusting and shameful uh, that uh, he who oversaw this uh, false flag terror attack indeed um, uh, was complicit in it. Uh, should stand up there on the podium to memorialize uh, those who were fallen and lost on that day, then to uh, only uh, turn around and uh, use that uh, use that event to um, stoke and conflate um, homegrown terrorism, and uh, you know uh, basically say that those who uh, support America and uh, those who uh, love this country would indeed be that type of an element. Uh, it's, it's quite disgusting and shameful uh, that he would do such a thing. Disgraceful is a great word, just V, indeed. And uh, yeah, so that's where we stand, but uh, we'll dip into that in just a little bit. Um, and uh, we'll expand on that as well. I might want to warn you guys, you will see a swamp creature or two tonight, so get ready for it. Because uh, you're also going to hear them as well. Uh, next statement from President Trump saith, Does anybody really believe the California recall election isn't rigged? Millions and millions of mail-in ballots will make this just another giant election scam. No different, but less blatant than the 2020 presidential election scam. And right now, guys, I would have to say that uh, California is on high alert and should be on high alert, particularly for fraud, uh, particularly when we already have what? About uh, four, four separate cases for election fraud already having occurred. I take it back five different cases, including the two stories that we're going to talk about tonight here at the Sea Report, where we are seeing this election fraud before, before the recall election has even occurred, even though, you know, we've already done the whole early voting thing. And then, of course, I'm not even counting Harvey Hursty, ladies and gentlemen. That right there is the ticket. That is your smoking gun, because uh, I, I what I honestly think here is, as Larry Elder said, he will challenge the results of this competition. And uh, knowing that he will challenge the results of this competition, it only makes sense that uh, Hari Hursty, the, uh, the uh, cyber, uh, cyber forensic fraudster himself, the one who did the fraud audit in Wyndham, New Hampshire, would want to interject himself into the California recall election audit before it gets underway. And then that way he can call it a secure election for California through his own schemes of fraud. You know what? That boy is going to get busted. I tell you what, he's going to get busted. There's not a single way that someone like that can get away with it for so long. And just think about it, guys. As, uh, as far along as our country has gone into uh, this, uh, this uh, evil scheme uh, by whomever hatched it up, and that would be to strip us of our constitutional rights and to make us uh, make us true slaves again, not, not just on paper, because uh, right now on paper we are still free, uh, but uh, to really rein us in and destroy this nation, 
Um, you know, I'm telling you guys uh, in that regard, in that regard, uh, we have a, uh, we have, um, we have uh, turned that boat around a little bit at a time. And it has been because of, I don't know, divine intervention, uh, cosmic karma, you know, that even on their deathbeds, uh, some of these people betray that which they uh, that which they agreed to, that which they were bribed into, blackmailed into, whatever the case may be, it's turned around slowly, and uh, some of this is not gone without vindication. So we just need to hang on tight a little bit longer. We agreed to be here, ladies and gentlemen. Buy the ticket, take the ride, and that's exactly what we have to do. Uh, and may we do so with steadfast and with integrity. Uh, and uh, continue to fight the fine fight. Uh, our next statement from President Trump. All right. This one is a good one. I, I really like this one, guys. I guess I don't need to expand it per se, but why not, right? Why not? Let me let me take this banner off so everyone can get the full impact. There we go. Mark Fincham. All right. I'm a big fan of Mark Fincham, ladies and gentlemen. Even though I'm not from Arizona, I recognize a brave, courageous patriot when I see him. And if I lived in Arizona, he would have my vote. He had my vote back in February, and he wasn't even running for Secretary of State in the state of Arizona. Now, as you all know, Arizona, I mean, Secretary of State, that position is totally defiled, totally corrupt, totally bought out by a special interest. Uh, in this case, uh, George Soros comes to mind. After all, he did run a Secretary of State program wherein he basically recruited individuals to help him with his scheme of uh, bringing down America. And uh, that's no secret to anybody. Everyone knows that uh, George Soros, that is kind of his thought process. Now, uh, this endorsement from President Trump for Mark Fincham came on September 13th. In it, uh, President Trump said, it is my great honor to endorse a true warrior, Representative Mark Fincham of the great state of Arizona for the position of Secretary of State. He is a patriot who has fought uh, for our country right from his earliest moments in government. Mark was willing to say what other few others had the courage to say, in addition to his incredibly powerful stance on the massive voter fraud that took place in the 2020 presidential election scam, he is, a, he is strong on crime, borders are currently uh, under siege Second Amendment, and loves our military and our vets. Mark will also be fighting hard for further tax and regulation cuts. Mark Fincham has my complete and total endorsement. He will never let the people of Arizona down. Now, let me tell you what, that's also the first time I've heard that in one of, in, in one of his endorsements. He will also fight hard for further tax and regulation cuts. That's going to go a long way to help Mr. Fincham cross that finish line. And uh, I don't know what Michelle Uresti, uh, whatever the last name was, um, she has like three last names, like hyphenated. I'm like, girl, if you're going to get divorced, don't use all those last names. Okay. Anyways, just kidding. that's just a joke. Here's a little bit of the humor here at the Sea Report. But as I was saying, it was uh, uh, Michelle Uresti Gen Grenti or Genti or whatever. You know, the one that got booed off stage during the uh, election integrity rally in Arizona. That rhino. Yeah, she's running for secretary of state. 
And uh, she made it a point as she was exiting the stage rather early, uh, not being able to complete her uh, her prepared fake speech, right? Her 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 shill patriot speech, that speech that you give, uh, you know, when you want to make people believe you're something that you're not. Uh, if there was ever a poser, it's a Michelle Urenti, uh, whatever her last name was, um, uh, right? I don't know. Michelle Urenti something. Anyways, okay. We, she's not important. She's not going to make it. But like I said, when she was she was exiting that stage, she said, my name is Michelle so-and-so and I will be your next Secretary of State. As if she knew that, uh, as if she knew that, um, you know, uh, the chips were in. Uh, she knew, hey. It's it's they're not going to beat this fraud here in Arizona. They're not going to be successful with this audit. I'm still going to get selected. It's probably what she was thinking. It's probably why she walked off with that air of 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 righteous indignation and confidence. Right. Uh, because she's probably thinking to herself that she has secured her space being a rhino in the uh, Arizona Senate and doing their bidding, right? She earned her place aside from any uh, backdoor situations that she might've had to bend over for. Uh, but no, I really don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think so at all. I don't think that Michelle woman has any chance or hope of crossing, nay, getting near that finish line uh, before Arizona holds its secretary of state contest I believe that's not until 2022, ladies and gentlemen, but nevertheless, it is already September and uh, the new year is fast upon us. So uh, be looking forward to that most definitely. Now, don't forget, Mark Fincham is also heading up the uh, um, Ballot Integrity Project, uh, which uh, they have recently prototyped. Uh, and sh and shared with everyone what that will look like a new voting ballot that will include holograms, watermarks, QR codes, serial numbers, and basically have as many as many security features as printed money from the Federal Reserve Bank has. So it will be extremely hard and highly unlikely that that ballot can be counterfeit. And uh, we will see where that takes us from there, ladies and gentlemen. But very, 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 uh, very interested and happy indeed uh, to have Mark running for Secretary of State of Arizona. And I'm very proud of him that he has finally received that President Trump endorsement. Next statement from President Trump is a fun one. And I know this one probably tickled y'all's funny bone. Let me go ahead and expand that for y'all. Let's do it one more time. There we go. So you can get a nice picture. Oh, look at it. It goes like this too. You can get that nice picture of uh, illegitimate joke Biden getting trolled by Trump supporter children. He was probably like, children, all right. Many heads to smell, many nipples to rub. I, I know that is that is gross, ladies and gentlemen, but that is what this man has done. He's been caught on camera rubbing the nipples of a child um, who I'm assuming was a child of an elected leader or someone in the White House staff. And interesting enough, disgustingly enough, um, that incident, though it has been called out, he has found no accountability for it. He is, he is not, that has not been discussed that has not been thrown around by anyone in the media, which is about what we would expect. But uh, the child came out. She's uh, an adult now. The child came out 
and admitted to it, admitted to that this happened, you know, that she was she was uh, she was basically molested by illegitimate Joe Biden. And no one has said anything about that. Nothing. What happens to uh, listening to the victim? What happens to uh, me too? Right. What happened to justice for the victim? Anyways, well, you have illegitimate Joe Biden here surrounded by a loving gaggle of patriotic Trump supporting children. You know, I mean, how could he not see this? I get I don't know. Photo op. They're probably like, sir, sir, you can't take a picture with these kids. They have Trump supporters. <laughs> you have Trump gear on. And he was like, ah, I want my ice cream. I mean, I want my children. Yeah, he couldn't resist it. He probably thought he was about to enter into an orgy on Epstein Island. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be gross, guys, but let's just call it like it is, guys. He thought he was in heaven and he was surrounded by 13 virgins. I mean, seriously, guys, look at how happy he is. And, and look at this. Look at how happy he is. Look at that. He even took his mask down so he could smell them better, right? Yeah, you know what? I mean, because he can't use that tongue behind a mask, uh, which is another thing that people are not calling out about this photo, if you think about it. <laughs> we have plenty of photos. We have plenty of photos uh, that uh, that they're calling him out, especially during the 9-11 memorial ceremony where he takes his mask off. Well, here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Another ma we should put uh, president uh, president endangers the lives of children. Delta variant seeping through his nostrils and his dirty used mask that's filled with bacteria and pneumonia and stuff like that. But no. Uh, they're not they're not talking about that either. Um, but but indeed, President Trump says, in case you missed it, Joe Biden meets with Trump supporters. <laughs> These kids tricked Biden just like the Taliban did. Oh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, you know, his handlers were just like, sir, sir, sir. We highly recommend that you don't uh, take this photo. And, and, and probably this one right here was like, uh, sir, as your advisor, uh, I highly recommend you don't take a picture with these Trump supporting kids. And uh, I don't know. Uh, if you ask me, the looks on these children's faces is not the look of I just met the president. It's the look of <laughs> we tricked him. <laughs> Anyways, oh, that's good stuff, except for maybe this girl right here. She doesn't look like she's tricked as much as, I don't know, she might be confused about what's going on, this one up here in the corner. But anyways, all right, that's a great moment, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you think, don't you think that's a great moment for the youth of America first? I think so. I think so. I can rest, I can sleep easy with some happy, funny dreams with this photo right here. I cannot tell you how much. And look, guys, we even have the, uh, we even have the, uh, the uh, legendary unicorn present in the picture. I don't know. I, I know some people hunt down and and uh, and connect the dots and do all these weird things about uh, this post is related to this statement is related to that thing is related to something that happened 10 years ago. But for those of you, in case you know those people, let them know the unicorn made an appearance again, just in case they didn't catch it. I'm sure we'll catch it on the program near you. All right. Next statement, President Trump. The big lie is the presidential election of 2020. When the fake news media uses that term, always remember that this was the election that is destroying our country, both inside and out.
the big lie, 2020 presidential election, because they keep on trying to say that uh, the election was a big lie. No, the fraud was a big lie, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed, it was. And all of that's about to drop, ladies and gentlemen. All of that is about to drop. All right, our following statement. Here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. The inept Afghan government led by corrupt President Ghani released 5,000 prisoners, not the Trump administration. Secretary of State Blinken is doing everything in his power to make the most inept withdrawal in history look, at least, acceptable. It never will. Now it is understood, on top of everything else, that billions of dollars will be paid to Afghanistan to help them along the way. The so-called leaders of our country have gone crazy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me someone who just can't accept the fact that uh, certain points might have not gone exactly the way I was expressing. I'm certain ideas that I was presenting to you all, ladies and gentlemen, about the narrative that the mainstream media is painting of the Taliban. Eh? Um, you know someone like me is going to catch this, okay? Someone like me is going to catch this. I don't know if this is going to go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, but what were we told about the prisoners in Afghanistan? Hmm? What were we told about who released the terrorists from the Bagram um, um, fort? Hmm? What were we told? What did they say? Who did they say released the terrorists from the Bagram base in Afghanistan? We were told the Taliban did it. And here, President Trump clearly says the inept Afghan government released 5,000 prisoners. So, uh, for all you naysayers out there, I will accept your apology with grace. And I won't say anything else. Um, I would say, if this statement is true, President Trump, then indeed, I was right. It was not the Taliban. It was the Afghan government. Now, that's not to, uh, obviously, that's not going to do anything in the face of all of the horrors that we're seeing coming out of Afghanistan right now at the hands of the Taliban, uh, including their hiring uh, all these old terrorist friends of theirs from across the world. Anyways, I just thought I'd make that point. But uh, that's interesting because that's the first time we've heard contrary wise to what the narrative is. Who knows, ladies and gentlemen, what the future will hold as far as uh, how this story is working out. Um, and we'll leave it at that. But anyways, yeah, indeed, inept Afghan government. Uh, I think the main point here, just uh, just to be clear, I'm pretty sure the main point here is that we as uh, Americans will continue to foot the bill for the Afghanistan government, even after paying trillions of dollars throughout the course of two decades. Now with a fallen government, wait. We're still going to pay for the country of Afghanistan through taxpayer dollars, even though they're now ran by terrorists? Okay, maybe I'm missing the bigger picture here, Mr. C. 
<laughs> okay, well, I mean, you know, that's a little bit something else. Uh, that's that's actually a horse of a different color, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they're being run by terrorists. Uh, the narrative and the establishment are very much opposed. Um, all of our allies uh, are going to disassociate themselves from us because of this. Uh, we now look like the weakest country in the world and the biggest of fools, right? Because uh, led by a fool, you know, be a fool. And, and now, on top of everything else, we're going to continue to help them along the way. Billions of dollars more. Man, do we look foolish, ladies and gentlemen. Do we look foolish? Gosh. Man, I almost let my own personal pride uh, <laughs> miss that point. Jeez, do I look a little pale today? I look a little pale on camera. Anyways, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. I should have put on moisturizer. Oh, that's coming next, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for President Trump's uh, statements um, uh, for this past weekend. That uh, that hurricane of uh, thought and statement came uh, just this uh, just this past Sunday. No, today. Holy crud! Ah, he did all that today. Very good. Very good, man. Man was a busy man, but I'm pretty sure as he was resting and do, you know perhaps having a hot soak after all of the travel that he did this past weekend, uh, you know he's probably getting his thoughts together. Actually, who am I kidding? That man doesn't seem to rest at all, even though he's looking a lot better than he did uh, just at the end of his uh, optical end in office, as we say. As we say, very good, ladies and gentlemen. Very good indeed. Looks like you guys got a kick out of that. Good evening, Curious Cat. Way to call him out, he says, Mr. C. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for gifting uh, the double cookie over there. Much appreciated indeed. Uh, G.W. Bush is Mr. New World Order. Couldn't agree with you more. Pilled by the rabbit about the state of composition President Bush should be in. Again, that would be a pile of crap. Hey, Day Tripper, how's it going? What they say is not what's going on. So, yep, that's a that's what I say, ladies and gentlemen. What they say is not what's going on. Wouldn't it be interesting? <laughs> wouldn't it be? I'm just going to throw this out here at you guys again. You know, wouldn't it be interesting if it comes out uh, that everything that's being reported to us about Afghanistan and the Middle East is not what's happening? And they're not even hiring like uh, all these old terrorist friends, but but I mean they have pictures, so I guess it's not. Ah, uh, you know, in a, in a different world, in a different world, perhaps, perhaps that that would be the case. Uh, let's see, uh, the abolitionist. We are still slaves, all of us. Which parts of our enslavement don't we? Okay, abolitionist. Clearly, this is the first time I've seen you in my show, sir, and uh, or ma'am, whatever you are. And let me tell you what, Mr. Abolitionist, we are we are debt slaves, my friend. We are debt slaves since the installment of the Federal Reserve in 1913, as so ratified, or no, not even ratified, 1917. Sir, if, I, if anyone understands that fact here, it is me. I don't hear anyone else talking about that or even saying that, sir. So please go back and watch some of the last 160 episodes of the C-Report that I have put out. 
and maybe some of my podcasts before that, if you can find them. And you will see for a fact that I understand that better than anyone else, my friend. That is the that is the point that woke me up. I didn't wake up in, nine, in 2015 and 2016, my friend. Now, I haven't been awake since 1983, the year that I was born, but let me tell you what, as soon as I found out about the Federal Reserve Central Bank and exactly the way that they've been controlling and manhandling this country, as well as as well as well manufacturing the booms and busts that they have used to build wars on, yes, sir or ma'am, I understand pretty clearly. And, and whoever you are, uh, Mr. Abolitionist, if, if you're another person out there and you're using a fake name for whatever reason you might be, I'm calling you out, my friend. I ain't going to put up with that here. Not in my family, sir. Anyways, thanks for joining the audience. You will feel nice and comfortable here at the C-Chats. As long as uh, as long as you stay in line there, my friend. Uh, but yeah, no, no. Seriously, though, abolitionists. Seriously, though, my friend. Like, uh, yes, debt slaves. And, and if you have another calling towards enslavement of this country other than debt slaves, uh, please do. Share it in the audience, uh, because uh, let me tell you what, uh, as far as paperwork, sauce and uh, receipts go, I can show you about uh, I can show you about, uh, you know, debt slavery. Uh, But anyways, (laughs) anyways, my friend, anyways, Uh, welcome, welcome in. You're more than welcome to sit tidy and hang out, and uh, we will uh, continue on uh, this show, ladies and gentlemen. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet, and I love it, love it, love it when we have a difference of opinion here. Um, Let's see here. All right, let me go ahead and uh, wrap up and chat, and then we'll get into the rest of the show. I'm pretty sure you're wondering what is on the screen there, and you probably have seen it already by far and by large, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's see here. Soros funded the secretaries of snakes. Indeed he did. We covered that at nauseum here at the C report. Uh, let's see the form of chains. Uh, wait, the form of the chains at the abolitionists. Most don't at any rate. Yeah, it's, it's a, indeed, sir. Indeed, indeed. Uh, then she had to take her social media down. Uh, who are you talking about? Rose McGowan? You guys know why they took her social media down, right? Um, uh, uh, yeah, because she posted a naughty, naughty picture of uh, Bill Clinton in a hotel room. Did you guys get to see that? I have the photo. I don't know if it's new or current or if it's if it's been played out before, but uh, she is one. Uh, she is uh, she did post that. Um, and I'm pinwheeling a lot over at the pilled and the foxhole. So let me know. I might've pissed someone off when I address the abolitionists for being rude. Uh, because clearly, clearly you should know your audience before you engage them and make assumptions. Right. And, or, you know, maybe not sound so rude. Like that was pretty rude. Like that was pretty presumptuous, you know, abolitionist. If you don't have a show already, I should suggest you get one. All right. Cause you seem to know a lot. Um, let's see here. Um, I'll be right. Uh, I'll be, I'll be the right back shirt. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Waiting. Oh yeah. You guys are talking about the Mr. C shirts. You know, Aurelius, I'm thinking maybe we should do one prototype outside of Rise, uh, because all these ideas are going to be obsolete if, uh, Rise takes too long to get to them. Um, that's the only thing. Cause if they're busy, dude, if they're busy, like I, I, I would want them to, uh, I would want them to benefit from that also. Plus they have really high quality stuff. Like 
they make really high quality shirts. I was very impressed with them. Um, but, um, I mean, you know, Fauci's going to be in jail by the time these shirts come out if we wait any longer. Uh, let's see. Deborah Erdman, thank you for gifting the can. Good evening to you also as well. Uh, General Flynn said she wrote their constitution, said we wrote their constitution and included Sharia law in it. What the hell? I'm confused. Well, you know, um, you know, uh, just V, I had some thoughts on that. I haven't really gotten to. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually... I'm actually looping over at the foxhole. Okay, let me uh, finish with this chat, and then I'm going to uh, reset my uh, reset my personal thing. Now, I seem to be fine in, in my other one. Okay, I think we're doing okay. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Uh, but, like, anyways, uh, I'm looping on one of my monitors. Sorry, guys. So, if you're looping uh, and you're over at the foxhole.app, uh, just go ahead and hit refresh and it should work, but I, nope, I'm looping on all of them. Guys, you should hit refresh if I'm looping and, uh, give me a sign in the, uh, in the chat. If, uh, you guys are not getting anything, um, abolitionist, I'm not sorry. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in regards to Sharia law. Yes. Um, okay. So, you know, when the Taliban had come out and, and basically had started saying they were going to try and modernize. Um, I, I think to a fact, you know, maybe, uh, and I'm, I don't know this for a fact, so don't quote me. I'm just throwing out ideas that, that float around in my, my lovely little head here. Um, you know, you know, same as with any type of religion, uh, like where if you have Orthodox Judaism, Orthodox Christianity, perhaps there's some reparation, ref, ref reforms in the area of Sharia law and perhaps that is, even though we know it's most likely a farce now, but hey, there are different worlds out there, right? So we're just going to throw the idea out, at least if not to make that somewhat um, uh, digestible, uh, you know, especially when we're talking about, uh, you know, um, when we're talking about Flynn writing a constitution, including Sharia law, uh, maybe there was some reformation in that. And uh, they would be practicing Sharia, but not in the same way that they did in the old days. Now, again, these are just speculative ideas, and these are not ideas to defend and or prop up Sharia law or the Taliban. I'm just throwing them out there because that's what my brain does, right? Um, so, yeah, because I, I read that, too. I read that, too, where Flynn had mentioned that, you know, in regards to uh, them including Sharia law in their constitution. Uh, and then again, maybe that was another ploy, just like uh, just like you know, uh, the, they did with Christianity to get pagans uh, to uh, to be part of the religion, you know, and, and incorporating the pagan holidays uh, and and assimilating Christian beliefs around those pagan holidays could be the same thing. Uh, you know, I'm not judging either way, but that is what history shows to be the case. So I'm just using that as an example. Um, all right. And uh, moving right along. Da -dung, da -dung. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Sometimes at night I look a little green. Indeed I do. Pilled by the rabbit. <laughs> good evening, the speaking easy. How are you doing, sir? Good evening, good evening. Uh, Pepe would be proud, though. I love it, Aurelius. Thank you so much. And then uh, let's see here. Uh, that is uh, one of the bars in our mini cage. Yeah, well, you know, we're free on paper, abolitionist. We're free on paper. Um, um, uh, give, me an, give me some more examples, uh, not just an allegory, you know. Um, uh, because you stand defeated. Um, all right. So, uh, what is going on here tonight? Sorry guys, if I went off just a little bit, um, I'm just, yeah, today is not your Monday. Okay. <laughs> it's my Monday. 
uh, debt, uh, convenience, tech. Oh, yeah, we are slaves to tech, you know, but we haven't been slaves to tech since 1913. You know, we have been debt slaves since then. Uh, convenience, ah, maybe since 1975. <laughs> Anyways, Sergeant Sparky, good evening, sir. Work and uh, work, uh, lurk and be, be merry, my friend. Uh, Philly Q says we're looping, looping. <laughs> I'm loopy. You're looping. Uh, let's see. Uh, casual GG's in the house. Sonia JHC is also in the house. Uh, good evening, my friends. Oh, thank you, evolutionist. I appreciate that. I don't mean to come off like uh, like fire, but uh, yeah. Um, and uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, diversity hire. Gifting a can. Thank you. Imagine being 10 and listening to Rush every day with your grandfather living in Appalachia. See how. Ah, see, that's what I'm talking about, my friend. I'm, I was not awake at 10. No, I was still playing with Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and X-Men when I was 10 years old. So, yes, good for you. Um, early you wake up. Nice uh, retort to the oh well, you know Gary Flessner. Good evening, sir. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm circling back right now on the foxhole.app. If you're over at Twitch or at Cloud Hub, all systems should be go. Uh, don't that don't let that deter you. Oh my goodness, am I off? Am I off the foxhole? Really? No, I got I, I got to still be going. Uh, my my systems are showing me the foxhole has shut me down. Jesus Christ! Do you think they were YouTube? Oh oh oh! Don't let them hear that. Okay, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I got to send a message out to my friends over at the foxhole. Okay. All right. To my friends over at Twitch and my friends over at Clout Hub. Um, and we have a lot of people watching right now. I apologize, but we are going to have to cut this transmission for approximately two to three minutes and we will be right back. So I encourage you, if you've liked what you've seen so far, jump back in and we will be right back with you all. Okay. Um, but I'm going to cut the transmission and reboot I'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere, okay? Thank you.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back and everything should be exactly the way that we left off. Uh, let me see here. Uh, looks like we are live again on the foxhole.app. Um, and uh, let me just double check on that. Thank you guys for hanging in there. I don't know how much of our audience will actually recover, um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys do uh, find your way back in. There we go. Looks like we are live again at the foxhole.app. Okay. All right. And uh, I will leave it to time and fate to see if you guys find your way back. I'll give you a few seconds. If you guys are back, let me know. Uh, man, and let me tell you what, we had quite an audience gathering over there at Twitch and at Clout Hub of all the times, right, for, uh, for these things to happen. Uh, but uh, someone once said that I should take these as blessings. And then they also said in the same breath that it was done on purpose. So whatever, whatever. Okay. Hey, Deborah Erdman, welcome back. Uh, I don't know, Deborah. Uh, you know, I have no idea. You know, someone as paranoid as I am thinks that uh, it's it's all the YouTube, Twitter things are happening on foxhole.app, but that would not be the right thing to say. At least it would be very disrespectful, even though I said it. Okay. All right. Here we go. Y'all are here. Welcome back. I'll let uh, some of you guys kind of uh, filter back in. And I know I'm telling you guys, I am telling you, hey, Nick, what's going on? Welcome back in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Six pack 89. It's the first time I've seen you. I like your name. Um, cool guys. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Philly Q. Good evening. We're back. We're back. We're back. Gah. And you know, we had, we had quite an audience going over at, uh, Clout Hub and at Twitch. So, uh, it, it, uh, pained me to disconnect, but, uh, man, as soon as I realized that we were off the air, let me tell you what this is happening. Uh, yeah, it happens. Okay. I just, you know, I don't want to go up. I don't want to go beyond my graces. Okay. <laughs> Cause you know, I go there. I can go there for sure. I can go there for sure. Uh, but glad you guys are filtering back in. We'll, I'll give you guys a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds more, and then we'll get into the show. Cause man, we were right about to jump into it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that was quite a fun ride, uh, as it was, uh, welcome, welcome back Monday, September 13th. C report. God, look at you guys. Stacks double X, Magic Bullet, Philly Q, Sherry Pittsburgh, Just V. Everyone's coming. Schmeeze 17. Hey, sir, what's up? Hey, congratulations on your new channel over at the Foxhole, sir. Saw that. I had to check. I lurked on it a couple of times already. So, Parkside, uh, uh, Pelodia, good evening. All right. Oh man, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a lot of names I haven't seen here before. Sonia JHC. Maybe this was indeed a blessing. Indeed a blessing. Okay. Woo, man. What a Monday. I'll say it. Woohoo. What a Monday. Uh, do any of you guys know who Patricia Bragg is? Have you all ever heard of Patricia Bragg? <laughs> I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you guys a little, a little, a little story before we get underway. Uh, Patricia Bragg. Uh, oh, hey, Vanguard 360. No, my show is at 7.30 p.m. Texas time. That is, uh, that is, of course, uh, central time, um, universally speaking, at least on the planet Earth. Uh, and you're most welcome, Shmeez. That's, that's pretty awesome, dude. Pretty awesome. Service dog man, mom, sorry, man, sorry, <laughs> service dog mom, welcome back. So Patricia Bragg, 
Patricia Bragg, in case you guys don't know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm willing to gather some of you guys know who Patricia Bragg is. Okay. You'll know as soon as I mention her product. It's the same as her last name. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit. Welcome back. Sonia JC. Welcome back. The Speak Uneasy. Welcome back. Yes. I literally, guys, I literally, I shut down the broadcast on Twitch and Clout Hub, even though we had a pretty good, a pretty sizable audience, at least bigger than we usually have. And uh, I shut it down. I told them, hey, guys, we got to get this back up because uh, home base is the foxhole.app. And uh, we work with it, guys. We work with it. But anyways, before we get into it, because this just tickled my this tickled my heart, tickled my funny bone, tickled everything on me. Right. So Patricia Bragg, uh, she is the founder, creator, owner of Bragg's line of products, you know, like Bragg's uh, Bragg's. Um, um, uh, uh, unfiltered uh, a- organic apple cider vinegar, you know, that stuff, that good stuff. All right. Um, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, they have an entire line of products, but yeah, CJ, CJM61, that's exactly it. So um, I have Patricia Bragg, her account on my uh, Instagram, and she did a video yesterday and it was just the cutest thing. If you've ever seen her, I don't know how old this lady is, okay? She's probably, like, pushing a 100. Of course, she's still full of vitality and youth and vigor and vim and vinegar. And, like, and no joke, right? No no pun. Um, but uh, <laughs> she did this. She And, okay, and she stands, like, four foot something, right? I, I, I've seen many videos of her. She's the sweetest thing, you know, and she always wears these bright colors. I love the amino acid CJM. I put it on my salad, you know, and like, <laughs> and you know, she's just like the sweetest little thing, Patricia Braggs, right? So she does this video that came out yesterday on Instagram and she just goes, I may not be tall, but I think tall and I sit tall. I am tall. <laughs> Just like that. Like it was so cute. It was so cute. I love Patricia Braggs. Oh man. Uh, and I, I believe she is the age that she is because of the products that she uses, not because she sucks the blood out of the lives of the children of Salem. If you know what I mean, like <laughs> that's the way you do it. Now she may not be able to climb trees like 80 year old ladies in like the Philippine islands in Asia or something can do, but she's still alive and kicking. And she is a she is a heart and soul and a big old ball of light that Patricia Braggs is. So I guess I'm doing an unsolicited advertisement for Braggs products, uh, the apple cider vinegar with the mother, uh, the amino acids. They even have like a seasoning shake. It's really good stuff. I really quite enjoy it. They also have a line of drinks, <laughs> apple cider vinegar drinks, you know, good stuff. Good for the body. Good for the heart. Good for the soul. Uh, they say they say what a strong body, strong mind. Strong soul, strong spirit. Yeah. Oh, that was such a cute video, guys. I even thought about like clipping it and putting it on one of the shows because <laughs> it was so cute. Anyways, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sea Report here live on this Monday evening, September 13th. Uh, fortunately, I think where we left off was I was engaging the chat. So we didn't, I did we didn't get any stories cut off. 
everything was good in that department. So I think we're good there. We're definitely good there. Uh, so we can carry on. Uh, let me just uh, greet everyone else in the chat before we go. Uh, before we jump into it, ladies and gentlemen, I think we got up to uh, Magic Bullet, Parkside, Palladia, Sonia GHC, Smee17, Just V. Um, all right. Who else is hopping on? Service Dog Mom is back. The Speak and Easy CJM61. Uh, what did Nick Walls have to say up here? I saw him say hello. Um, and uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Mr. Nick Walls. Did I miss it? Did I miss it? <laughs> I know, right? What a ride. It's uh, yeah, buy the ticket, take the ride. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Are you on Foxhole now? Oh, just he was asking Nick a question. My bad. I was like, ah, um, let's see here. And, and yes, yes. Uh, I will leave that story for Nick to tell. Classical chick. Good evening. Hey, no charger. Had to say hello till midnight. Be home to pewter. <laughs> All right, Miss Classical chick. Thank you for saying howdy. And uh, man, you just missed the drama, but it was all good and fun. Um, uh, let's see here. Someone said something about lurk mode. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was Mr. The Speak Uneasy. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, salad dressings, too. Yes, indeed. Um, the service dog mom, best vinegar. Uh, let's see here. Nick Walls uh, speaking with just V. Aurelius Locke, uh, Sony JC, Surfstock, yes, love, love, love. Got to get back on that stuff for real, though, right? I mean, if you can stomach it, especially the apple cider vinegar. Reggie 5, or Reggie V, sorry, gifts the shades. Remember, Reggie V and Vanguard are the same. Oh, yeah. How could I have forgotten that, Vanguard? <laughs> Unable to update on Foxhole. Well, welcome back, both of you. <laughs> Things happen for a reason. Thanks, Mr. C. Yep, indeed, indeed. Uh, yes, with the mother, that's the one. Um, file be me too, or Phil be me too. Uh, good evening, fam. Good evening to you, and welcome to the C chats. I don't think I've seen you in here before. Uh, version 11.7 is wonky, says Sergeant Sparky. So Sergeant Sparky knows a little bit about uh, the inside baseball and will take it. Thank you, sir, for sharing that. And ha! Um, uh, <laughs> Aurelius, Aurelius, <laughs> I'll humor you all. Aurelius Lux says he was asking for a coffee enema. Now, that might sound dastardly to you all, <laughs> but that that's just uh, from some of the conversation that we had uh, during the uh, during the Mr. C in the Dark show this past Saturday. Uh, I don't think that Braggs makes coffee enemas, but I'm pretty sure that's fine by probably 75% of the world, right? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's hop to it. We can't delay anymore. We have to get on with the show. Uh, so much has already happened in just the span of, what, 45 minutes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so uh, where are we at, where are we at, and where are we going? Okay, so uh, as I was saying uh, today, uh, as, as today states, reinstate President Trump, elect Larry Elder. So today's show, we are going to be focusing on these two uh, uh, titans of uh, conservatism, patriotism, and love for America, um, because of course we have the recall election happening tomorrow, tomorrow's recall election day in California proper, that is September 14th, and I'm hoping for my California friends 
I'm praying uh, that, uh, that what needs to be done is done. Okay. And uh, we'll leave it there. And then of course, in regards to uh, reinstating president Trump uh, with everything that has been transpiring from the fraudulent elections of 2020, all the way through the election audits of 2021 down through the, um, the uh, destruction of what had been set up in Afghanistan with the Taliban and also, uh, you know, uh, I, I, the ruination of the Dohan agreement, uh, the way that the uh, Biden regime totally mishandled this entire operation. Of course, in my opinion, it was done on purpose all the way down through um, the 9-11 terrorist false flag attack memorial. Um, we are looking at um, all of these points of interest that really do call upon uh, the prescient um, notion that President Trump should indeed be reinstated as the president of these United States of America. Indeed, he should never have been um, 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 uninstated. <laughs> he never should have been removed. Uh, you know, he never should have been disfellowshipped from his presidency. Uh, he should have always had that because he was the rightful victor in that election contest. Um, and so uh, what we saw this past weekend, of course, was um, was um, a myriad of memorials um, to uh, remember, you know, uh, if that's uh, what do you call it, if that's a uh, redundant, I don't know, but uh, was to remember the fallen and remember the heroes uh, that took place during that time in uh, 20 years ago on September 11th. Uh, now we had a lot of, uh, a lot of activities and, and for the, uh, the lefties and, and perhaps people in Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, festivities, um, uh, for the nine 11, uh, ceremonies and commemorations. Um, we'll take a look at two of them. First of all, we'll take a look, of course, at uh, this one here. Uh, that would be of course, uh, illegitimate joke, President Biden uh, um, select, uh, and he, uh, he, yeah, he, he was basically being booed over at the ceremony. Now, I might point out, uh, uh, if you notice the way that uh, uh, Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> the way he walks forward, like in the first, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds of this video, he looks like, I don't know, he looks like he looks like James Woods in a mask. Okay, let, let's take a look. Okay. The murderers, look, the murderers. <laughs> yeah, it's Obama. Oh, 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 oh. You're a mug for what you did to Afghanistan. Oh, terrible, terrible. Don't snip them. Terrible. Okay. Every time I see that little TikTok symbol, I just think of uh, China. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So yeah, there you go. There's that uh, little uh, tidbit there for you. 
Um, let's not get this one on the screen yet. So yeah. So, and, and you know that I think that was just from like a group right off to the side. I kind of saw a little bit more of that, uh, when I was going through it, but yeah, you know, and then you, like I said, like, like, it, like it has been said, of course, you, you have that going on. And then you also have, um, you also have the whole fact that, uh, uh, I mean, this man, doesn't give any speeches of any kind of sorts, doesn't really pay any respects for the fallen or for the heroes, nothing like that, you know, nothing like that is going through this man's mind. Of course, I mean, there's, uh, there's uh, you know, great speculation that this man uh, was in fact, uh, you know, unable to perform any type of ceremony, um, but yeah. And, and then of course, in tow, they're at the 9-11 uh, ceremony at the Clintons, uh, you had Obama, and others involved in this uh, this entire organized racket uh, that is uh, the treason of the United States of America. Yeah, that shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. He's like <laughs> the way he moves, uh, the way he moves. So, anyways, that was that was. I think that was probably the highlight. You know, that was probably the highlight of uh, of uh, Joe Biden in regards to uh, his engagement with uh, with anything having to do with nine eleven. Um, and that's about as much as he could do. Um, I don't think you could ask much more from the man, uh, if that is what he is indeed. Uh, but, uh, you know, conversely speaking, uh, we had uh, this man, this uh, uh, this uh, whew, talk about a warmonger, talk about uh, talk about a treasonous SOB, uh, you know, talk about uh, talk about someone who has absolutely no respect for humanity and violates, you know, um, every every piece of war agreement that is in existence. Yeah, we're talking about George W. Bush, son of the pedo treasonous bastard George Herbert Bush. Uh, was it Herbert Walker? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, grandson of the Nazi uh, supporter, sympathizer, and also um, also a uh, um, funder, you know, because he funded the Nazis through his bank, Prescott Bush, you know, uh, 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 uncle, uncle of, uh, of George, uh, George Prescott Bush, uh, who's actually uh, Jeb Bush's son, uh, uh, Texas Land Commissioner, right? Uh, we're, we're putting the whole family together, right? That's why I say there's some political names that you just cannot, cannot ignore. You cannot ignore. There's no such thing as a good Bush, okay? You know, and, and I don't care how far removed George W. Bush, uh, I mean, George Prescott Bush, seems to be oh yeah his daddy was much worse his daddy was much worse sonia jhg i totally totally ag uh, agree with that <laughs> well babs the ice queen welcome into the chat what you mean by tell us how you really feel <laughs> let me take off my tie okay <laughs> and then we'll get right down to it uh but yeah so uh there we go that that point in fact so um, you know, whereas the current resident clown uh, in chief cannot seem to find the wherewithal, the stamina or the words to express during the 9-11 uh, terrorist false flag attack ceremonies, uh, you have this fool here, the one who led us into the fire, uh, the one who sat down and just took, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that just took that just took direction from his handlers, Babs. <laughs> 
sorry guys over at Twitch and Clout Hub. Uh, they, th- there's some good distractions going on over at the foxhole.app. But anyway, so anyways, so as I was saying, you know, uh, this guy here, he, he manages to give a speech um, over in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was speaking at the uh, the uh, crash site over in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And let me tell you what, guys. I mean, uh, of all the disrespect and disgraceful things, you know, not only does this man utilize this platform, this day of remembrance, you know, uh, uh, probably just to prop himself up. Uh, he, he uses it not only to malign the work that President Trump has done, okay? And like I said, if you're not a fan of President Trump, you might not want to be here tonight because we got a lot of him coming up. Um, uh, he also uses it to further the narrative that we keep seeing sprout up hither and thither throughout the entire fake news, lamestream legacy media for about the past week and a half or so. Now, this is a narrative that we've heard several times, okay? But right now, they are pushing it hard more than ever. I will not disgrace the screen with images of one fat Hillary Clinton, right? Uh, but you all probably heard about and or saw the uh, interview that she did with like ABC in the morning or something like that. I think I talked about it over the weekend uh, where, you know, they were asking her about her thoughts on 9-11 and, and, and uh, what she thought about what was going on in Afghanistan. And that lady, that woman, that thing shifted that conversation right from Afghanistan. And, and no doubt it was not to put any kind of a spotlight on illegitimate Joe Biden. She shifted that conversation right over to the right wing conspiracy theorists, the, um, the, the crazy extremist, um, right, uh, uh, um, uh, patriots, um, uh, MAGA supporters even. And she doesn't got to say MAGA, but it's pretty obvious because that is the narrative that they hatched on the January 6th false flag riots, okay? And that is exactly what we're talking about here. Hillary Rodham, snarky beast, devil herself Clinton, uh, you know, got on TV and was like, well, what I'm more worried about is homegrown terror from those right-wing extremists, you know? And, uh, and, and again, you know, this is a narrative they are pushing and they need the media to keep on pushing this because something is coming, ladies and gentlemen. And I am not creating reality with my words and I'm not projecting what I am doing is Warning. I guess that would be a good, uh, that, would, that would be as good a phrase as any, as, as I am, as I am, I am, uh, I am sharing warning. I am giving out that is, that is like on the nerve right now. You know, they, it's, something is coming. We don't know what, we don't know where, we don't know when, but these people are not God. So they have most definitely broadcasted when they would like to do it. Um, we've heard they want to do it on September 18th. Will this happen? We don't know. We know that uh, the gates are going up around the Capitol again, though. That's for sure. That's happening right now. They are putting up the wall around the Capitol as we speak, and they are preparing for the worst type of occasion on September 18th. 
Now, I've heard it said from content creators already, don't go to Washington, D.C. on September 18th. And ladies and gentlemen, I would have to agree with them, okay? I would have to say don't go. It, it, this is an event that is being put together by someone who tried to steal the name and the work of the Voter ele uh, um, Election Integrity Project, okay? This dude, um, I can't remember his name at this time, uh, maybe someone else in the, the chat can, but this is being organized by someone who already has a bunch of smear marks on his name. You know, he's got tracks in his underwear. You know, I don't, I don't go for it. I would not go for it. The only reason, the only reason why I went to Washington, D.C. in January 6th, even though I was not going to any type of public event since 2016 because of the threat of a false flag was because my president asked us to be there. That's the only reason why I went to D.C. in January. All other events put on by any other patriots or even, well, yeah, any other patriots. Because at this point, the guy who's putting on the September 18th event is a patriot. And he uh, he is also, uh, what do you call it? He's also a former uh, Trump staffer. So, you know, uh, it would seem that he's in the he's in the rights. You know, he's 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 good to go. Right. But there's there is a little bit of there's a little bit of a, a, a dark cloud around this guy. And, uh, you know, controlled opposition is installed into campaigns just for that reason. And some of these people may be sleepers for future events. Now, I'm not saying this is, uh, this is 100%, 90%, or even 80% of the case. But I'm just saying, when we have NBC News, MSNBC, CNN coming out promoting this event, they are promoting this event, I'm just saying, be careful. Uh, some of the friends uh, wisely say, keep your head on a swivel. Uh, a lot of the friends say it shouldn't just be on the 18th. It should be at all times. And that is just all I could say to that. Use your discernment. Go with your gut. Keep your eyes open and keep your camera handy if you are going to be at the event on September 18th. And indeed, my friends, at any event where patriots and conservatives gather because right now, ladies and gentlemen, as I have been saying since the onset of this show, we are in false flag season and the time could not be more, uh, could not be more concerning than it is right now. And the reason for that, ladies and gentlemen, is because their time is short and they have been either saving, uh, saving a card up their sleeves or they haven't had one until now. And uh, they're going to use it. They are going to use it without a doubt. Now, I'm sure you guys are probably tired of looking at this face. Uh, so I'm going to play for you guys a real short clip from his speech. Okay. We're only going to listen to about 40 seconds of this man. I know that's more than most of us can take through his, 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 uh, his drawling, mumbling, unenthusiastic, and 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 a lo-fi speech that he gave on uh, the memorial of 9/11, um, and also the more 9/11 uh, terrorist false flag attacks, and uh, as much as he could muster, right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but again, here's where he's talking about and planting that narrative about right-wing conspiracy theorists, as if though we're the ones who caused this division. I might say so again. 
as if though we're the ones who caused the division in this country, as if we're the ones who do not want to unify, as if we're the ones who caused all these problems and misery since 2015-16. This is the narrative they want the world to believe. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. After 9-11, millions of brave Americans... That's enough. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Short and simple, right? Short and simple. Took him about 40 seconds to say it, maybe 35 seconds to plant that seed, okay? No different than uh, Hillary, um, you know, got, oh, <laughs> I won't go there. I won't use the Lord's name in vain, even if it is, even if it is, uh, if, if it is the way I feel about uh, Hillary Clinton. But uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys figure out the pun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to plant that same seed, same as, and, and high profile now. High profile now is coming out in order to, uh, to uh, malign, you know, um, um, the the good intentions of uh, patriots in America. <laughs> Sorry, CJM, <laughs> small dick energy bush. Okay, anyways, <laughs> indeed, uh, the new normal, the new normal. Who do, and welcome to the C chats. Good evening. Who does he think that he is? Seriously, who does he think that he is? Um, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So anyways, th there you have it, uh, in regards to his, uh, his words of, uh, of warning, right? His words of, of trying to, uh, solidify that narrative, uh, in, in the speech, of course, uh, he's quoted to say a malign force seems at work in our common life that turns every disagreement into an argument and every argument into a clash of cultures as if it were our fault as if it were conservatives and patriots' fault that that is the case. When even, even studies and surveys on demographics and political parties have proven that individuals to more likely discriminate, individuals more likely to get violent, individuals more likely to disagree and fight and separate are liberal, left-minded liberals, okay? I, I don't want to, I'm going to stop blanketing all that is wrong with this world and this country on the word liberal itself, okay? Because classical liberals are different from today's liberals, you know, and they are different from left-minded liberals, you know, and Democrats all seem to fit in that basket. But again, left-minded Democrats, progressive Democrats, socialist Democrats, communist Democrats, they are here, they exist now, okay? And so, you know, he says that as if though it were the conservatives or the right that seemed to have caused it, when we all know it was the media 
the lamestream fake news legacy media that propagated and continued to push that very narrative until today in 2021, it seems to be the accepted norm of the way things are. When we know that that is not the case, do they know that that's not the case? The media knows that that's not the case. The left-leaning politicians know that that's not the case, but their audience does not realize that they have been tricked and brainwashed into believing that. His statement continued, so much of our politics has become a naked appeal to anger, fear, and resentment. Again, all of the facets that the left love to use on their adversaries as well as on their subjects, okay? Because that is all that these people are to them. They are subjected to them and they are to follow their rule. And that's what they want. And that's what we're seeing develop at this time as it has. And he concludes that leaves us worried about our nation and our future together. Of course, when he says we're worried about our nation, he means the corporation of the United States of America. He means the formerly shadow government of the United States of America. Um, he's not talking about the these United States of America. He's not talking about this union formed under a constitution for these United States of America. He's talking about an entirely different uh, paradigm altogether. Okay, so that was just a little bit of a, a recap into their shenanigans over on 9-11. You had the doofus in chief standing up the clown pedo in chief and that's <laughs> that says a lot guys when you have a when you have a freaking idiot <laughs> and you know maybe he's in such an idiot he he was really meant to play that part but uh but but I do believe that he smokes as much pot as they say he does uh this uh, one right here uh but still current 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 president select could not even muster the stamina to give a speech on uh, probably the second most important day in American history after the 4th of July, <laughs> at least in my opinion. All right, guys, that takes us to, uh, oh yeah, well, how could I forget? <laughs> that is probably one of my favorite pictures, guys. Let me blow that up for you all. That is probably one of my favorite images of President Trump and Melania. I don't know what it is about this image. I just, I don't know. It, it, it evokes a lot of, I don't know, awe. And and uh, I just, I really love this graphic. I mean, it is, it that says everything to me. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, President Trump and his endeavors during uh, September 11th. Now, like I said, guys, this man was on a whirlwind, okay? Already, already it was uh, all over the news that he was going to be uh, doing some commentary uh, for um, uh, the Triller boxing match uh, between um, Evander Holofield and some other guy. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as disappointing, as disappointing as that uh, boxing match was, uh, particularly for fans of boxing, you know, and fans of, of Andrew Holyfield, obviously, uh, it, it was short-lived. 
Um, but uh, that's not to say that we didn't get some good commentary out of it. We'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, at the same time, you also had the left and the establishment and everyone else attacking President Trump for uh, dishonoring and disgracing the office of the presidency. No other president would sit and do commentary for a boxing match. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't had a split-term president in like a 100 years, so give the man a break, okay? <laughs> and aside from that, I had other thoughts about perhaps why he was present at that boxing match. I mean, I know some people are saying maybe it was comms out there, for those of you who understand that, uh, but uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, let's. Uh, we, got, we got plenty of, of footage for you guys, so let's go ahead and start with this one. Uh, this here, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, President Trump's official official um, uh, release uh, in memory of 9-11. Um, this is a short clip where he has some uh, words to say. And, uh, and, and uh, we'll go ahead and give him a listen now. Uh, so don't let me hold you up. This is a very sad day. September 11th represents great sorrow for our country. Many things were displayed that day, including, most importantly, the bravery of our police, fire, and first responders of every kind. The job they did was truly unbelievable. We love them and we thank them. It is also a sad time for the way our war on those that did such harm to our country ended last week. The loss of 13 great warriors and the many more who were wounded should never have happened. Overall, 250 people were killed in Afghanistan last week, and so many more were seriously injured. We had $85 billion of the finest and most sophisticated military equipment taken from us without even a shot being fired. The leader of our country was made to look like a fool, and that can never be allowed to happen. It was caused by bad planning, incredible weakness, and leaders who truly didn't understand what was happening. This is the 20th year of this war and should have been a year of victory and honor and strength. Instead, Joe Biden and his inept administration surrendered in defeat. We will live on, but sadly, our country will be wounded for a long period of time. We will struggle to recover from the embarrassment this incompetence has caused. Do not fear, however, America will be made great again. For the great, the great people, people of our country. Guys, can you imagine? Can you imagine what it would be like if. Um, President Trump, we're still in office right now. Can you guys just imagine? Um, man, th this celebration, oh my goodness, it would have been a celebration in memorial, okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to sound like, uh, I'm not trying to sound like uh, two-sided here uh, or, or hypocritical, uh, but um, it, I mean, like he said, it would have been a celebration of strength, you know, and and uh, and healing. And indeed, um, it would have been something else totally different. 
it would have been something else totally different here. And uh, undamped a name six, uh, your statement's pretty inconsistent. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, also, real quick, uh, thank you so much to Phil Beamy too for gifting the cookie over at the foxhole.app. And uh, one just popped on in here, Deborah Erdman. I like that statement. I back that up 100%. I, uh, I second that motion, Deborah. Uh, Deborah says, prayers for healing, love, protection for all. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, indeed. And uh, thank you again also to The New Normal for gifting the can. You do a good show, brother. I be lurking a lot. Oh, thank you, new The New Normal. I appreciate you for that, sir. I appreciate you indeed so much. And cool. Good to know. I'm glad we got you uh, off the off the wallflower. <laughs> but uh, welcome in any time, my friend. Uh, so, yes. So that was President Trump's uh, official statement uh, in memoriam to 9-11. Um, uh, 9-11 terrorist false flag attacks. Um, and that's well and just said. Now, President Trump uh, was not just uh, releasing that. He did have another release. Uh, this one, you guys, I don't know how many are aware of, uh, but we had um, an event happen on Washington in Washington, D.C. Uh, that was the Day of Prayer for America. Um, it happened on the National Mall. Uh, and this was a, uh, I guess, uh, somewhat of a spiritual or a Christian gathering um, that took place there that day. And it looks like... I thought that mean independent... Nah. It looks like uh, it looks like it erased my spot. <laughs> I had my spot saved. There we go. There we go. It's back. Okay, cool. All right. Let me go ahead and uh, get this playing here. Just a minute. Okay. All right. So uh, President Trump made an appearance here as well. Again, at the day for pray day for day of prayer for America festival that took place on September 11th at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. So uh, let's check that out as, uh, as well, friends. He stood and fought for us. He stood for conservatives and defended family values. He stood for Christians and fought for our freedom to worship. He stood for life and fought for the unborn. He stood for Israel and fought to recognize Jerusalem as its rightful capital. No president has endured the onslaught of attacks that he faced from the media, big tech, corporations, and big businesses. They went after him tooth and nail, but he never backed down. He stood firm and he never quit fighting for us. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 45th president of the United States, President Donald J. Trump. It is an absolutely profound honor to address all of you gathered at the National Mall on this very solemn day of remembrance and prayer as our nation commemorates the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001, a terrible day. I want to thank Sean Foyt and everyone from the amazing Let Us Worship movement for hosting this very beautiful and incredible event. Since last year, you have brought worship and prayer to 132 cities all across the country, including the largest church service in America right here 
in our nation's capital by uniting citizens of all denominations and backgrounds to promote faith and freedom in America. You are strengthening our entire nation, and we thank you for it. There could be no more fitting night for Americans to join hands and bow our heads in prayer than this evening. Two decades after nearly 3,000 Americans were murdered at the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and a field in Western Pennsylvania, we honor the memory of every innocent soul killed in the September 11th attacks. We cherish their legacy and we reaffirm our everlasting vow to never forget. We all remember hearing in the hours and days after the attacks, the stories of police officers and firefighters and first responders who showed bravery and daring far beyond the call of duty. As a lifelong New Yorker, it was extraordinary to witness the strength and resilience of people of that incredible city. And it is indeed an incredible city. They raced into danger toward the smoke without a thought of their own safety. The heroism of the NYPD and the FDNY, Fire Department, Police Department, the Port Authority Police, as well as the first responders at the Pentagon, and so many others will live in our national memory for all time. Tonight, I want to express our thanks to every first responder present on the National Mall. You are the very best of our nation. You are incredible people. I also want to ask every American here today and all across the country to take a moment to share our gratitude for the countless people, active duty service members, veterans, and military families who have sacrificed to defend our country over the past two decades. And let's especially be thanking and thinking of the brave heroes who served in Afghanistan. They courageously volunteered to hunt down the vile killers who attacked America and to eliminate the menace of radical Islamic terrorism from the face of the earth. And I know what you're thinking because we have suffered a great, great embarrassment over the last week. A terrible thing has happened. Terrible decisions were made by this administration. But you are brave, you are incredible, and it will be made up. Earlier today, members of the Let Us Worship movement placed flags on the graves of every service member in Arlington Cemetery who gave their life for our nation since September 11th. To the Gold Star families present on the mall and to the families of all of the service members who have made the supreme sacrifice in our fight against the terrorist enemy, please know that you have our undying loyalty and eternal devotion, and the love and support of every single American. As we pray and reflect on this anniversary, one story from that terrible day points the way forward for our nation and reminds us of the infinite source of our hope. As black smoke was billowing from across the Potomac at the Pentagon, and the skies of New York were full of ash and flame, a lone figure stood at a window near the base of the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Father Michael Judge was the chaplain 
of a New York City fire station. When the first plane struck the World Trade Center, he raced inside knowing the danger. Video testimony shows him standing still at the large window looking at people falling to their deaths. A friend and fellow priest later recounted that if you watch carefully, you can see the father's lips moving. For those of us who know him, the friend said he wasn't one that talked to himself. He was praying. Moments later, the South Tower collapsed and the implosion shattered the glass window and killed Father Mike. The day before he died, Father Mike spoke at the dedication of a New York City fire station. Before a group of firefighters, he shared a message that echoes across all time. You do what God called you to do, he told them. You show up. You put one foot in front of the other. You get on the rig and you go out and you do the job, which is a mystery. You have no idea what God has calling for you. You have no idea where you're going. And in some cases, you don't know why. But he needs you. He needs me. He needs all of us. Tonight, Father Mike's words remind us that in the end, there is only one true answer to the depth and the evil that we saw on September 11th. It is God that is the answer that stood tall over the wreckage at Ground Zero, where rescuers forged the mighty steel cross from the fallen tower's broken beams. It is the same site that was seen hundreds of miles away in Shanksville, where the first spontaneous memorial to the heroes of Flight 93 was a simple but beautiful wooden cross. And it is this same turning to God, the ultimate answer to evil, that we see here today as thousands of Americans gather on the mall to pray for our beloved nation and to pray for one another. I want to thank Let Us Worship for calling Americans to 21 days of prayer in the coming weeks. America is a nation strengthened and sustained by God and the prayers of all his children. Your faith is a force that our enemies can never, ever extinguish. Your love of God, family, and country is more powerful than any adversary's hatred or malice or scorn. So as we remember those Americans we lost two decades ago, we return again and again to the same simple prayer that was heard echoing all across our land in the days after the September 11th attacks. God bless our first responders. God bless our service members. God bless the memory of all who died on 9-11. And God bless America. Thank you. All right. Was that not a special engagement right there, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, indeed, um, giving out... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's probably that's probably one of his best ones for uh, for this entire um, day of memory that he gave. Um, CJM sixty one requested the link for that, so I'm dropping it in the chat right now. Um, his speech starts at about thirty four minutes. Just so you know, it's the entire festival 
uh, that they did this Day of Prayer for America, a festival there at the National Mall on September 11th. Uh, so there you go, my friend, dropped into the chat for you all. Uh, see you today. Good evening and welcome uh, into the chat, fam. And also uh, the Speaking Easy, thank you for uh, gifting that can over here at the app. It's greatly appreciated, sir. All y'all support is appreciated as the C-Report and all adjacent uh, shows are 100% listener supported. All right. Uh, so there we go. Uh, that was uh, a brief video appearance that President Trump made at, again, that was the uh, pre- the Day of Prayer for America Festival there in uh, Washington, D.C. This next one is actually probably my favorite, to be honest with you. Um, Now, um, let me just say, ladies and gentlemen, we will be going into overtime today. Uh, Even though uh, we got this uh, party started uh, pretty uh, promptly, uh, <laughs> perhaps it was that break in the feed. Uh, we seem like we'll be running, we'll be running to overtime today. So just so you guys know, uh, we will be, uh, we will be putting in some overtime tonight. If you want to hang out, if you got things to do, that's cool. You can always check out the replay, but we still got a lot more good stuff for you all tonight, including, uh, Larry Elder, Rose McGowan, and also, uh, the President Trump interview with, um, with the Gateway Pundit. A lot of good stuff to come. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, now my Twitch is acting up. So that's interesting. All right, let's go ahead and get on with this one. Now, this one, okay, so President Trump uh, actually um, actually went to uh, the first responders, uh, firefighters, as well as uh, the police department in New York City, and uh, he gave them remarks and paid them respects in person. Uh, so what we're going to look at right now is uh, that event. Um, uh, it uh, we're not going to watch the entire thing. There's a lot of uh, how you say um, a lot of B-roll, <laughs> I guess you could say, uh, while he's walking, uh, you know, between offices, walking to uh, his next uh, his next appointment. Uh, so we won't see all of it, but we are going to look at the key pieces where he's actually addressing and uh, listening to what he has to share with um, with the heroic uh, uh, family that is with the first responders there on that day. Uh, so here we go, guys. Let's check that out. This is uh, the next part of President Trump's 9-11 uh, tour. Thank you very much. How are you? It's a sad day. It's a very sad day uh, for a lot of reasons. And uh, we just added to that reason last week. And said it should have never been allowed to happen, I have to say. And I've watched all the speeches and nobody mentions it, uh, what they did. But uh, we're going to have to live with that for a period of time. Very disappointing, but incredible job you do. You do. I, I grew up with you, and you are New York's finest. You're incredible people. I know many of you, and I just uh, I appreciated during the election. Uh, you know, the New York City police endorsed Trump. You know that, right? First time they've ever endorsed a candidate. They told me first time. Maybe they do it every time. I don't know, but they told me first time they've ever endorsed a candidate for president. And uh, I, it's a great honor. Having that endorsement meant more to me than anything. So I really appreciate it. Uh, you know what I thought I'd do? We have, you've heard so many words. All you hear is words. And they become meaningless after a while when you hear some of these politicians talking. 
But if you have any questions, please, uh, as, if, I'll give you a little chance. You can be a star. I see that's the fake news behind you, so. You know, <laughs> anybody have any questions? <clears throat> huh? The big guy, look at the size of that guy. <laughs> anybody, go do you have a question? Spotlight's on me, I guess. Are you going to run again, Mr. President? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> Actually, for me, it's an easy question. Okay. So, I mean, I know what I'm going to do, but we're not supposed to be talking about it yet from the standpoint of uh, campaign finance laws, which frankly are ridiculous, okay? You want to know the truth, but we have to live with it. But I think you're going to be happy. Let me put it that way, okay? I think you're going to be very happy. When I see what's going on, we had the greatest economy in the world. We did things that nobody thought even possible. Uh, everybody had the best jobs. We were even getting along with the other side. They were starting to come in and, and uh, you know, the radical left, I call them, but they couldn't compete with what we were doing from jobs to regulations to we rebuilt the military. They gave 85 billion of it away, brand new Apache helicopters. Can you believe they gave them away? Why would you give them away? You fly them out, you take them out. And they had all the time in the world. We had everybody on hold. The Taliban was on hold. I dealt with the top guy, Abdul, and there was nothing he was gonna be doing with us. All of a sudden, we have a rigged election and all of a sudden we, we flee Afghanistan. Now, that's why I'm saying what timing, what horrible timing, the 20th anniversary. And I watched the speeches and not one person spoke about the fact that three days ago we fled Afghanistan and we left Americans behind and others too. And we left $85 billion worth of the best equipment ever made. Much of it that I bought, they left it behind. Why would they leave it behind? We could have stayed there for one month or three years. They weren't going to be able to do anything, but they left. And when they left, there was a vacuum. And then they came in and filled the vacuum. And whoever thought of this, a five-year-old would have said the military goes out last. And that's what they wanted. They couldn't believe they were leaving. So it was gross incompetence. And I hate to talk about it on this day, but people are saying, why aren't they talking about what the hell we did? So I think you're going to be very happy. Mr. President? Yes, please. Right yeah. How are you? It's a truly an honor to uh, Thank you. My honor. Can I speak on behalf of the guy? You know, my, my family. Uh, I got a question for you. Yes. Uh, if, you know, elected again, you know, which you know, we strongly hope that, you know, you are, would you strongly consider uh, having um, days of recognition for the outstanding service of the men and women of police departments around the country? I would hope that I speak on behalf of, you know, the departments uh, the entire country trying to consider having more recognition for the outstanding achievements and accomplishments of police officers. You know, I think it's an incredible question, and you won't believe this. I've never been asked that question before, and it should be asked. It's the first time ever. It is the first time. <laughs> and no, think of it. That's a great question. And yet I've answered every question from her and from him, from everybody. So I guess my and question, not the Bolivian. I like the idea. Yes. I so think they deserve it. Remember, there's two types of considers in this world. There's consider. Right. And strongly consider. So I'm respectfully asking you to strongly consider that. You have a deal. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it amazing that nobody's ever, when I say question, nobody's ever brought that up. And when I see what they do and things that take place, you know, I was responsible for getting a lot of money, billions of dollars for the victims. You remember the signing I had with the police department, the fire department, any others. That was on my watch. I saw they... They were talking about it today, but they had nothing to do with it. I had nobody mentioned. I have to mention it myself. But, you know, uh, we had some of the oh, I think one or two of the people right from your precinct were there. But we had a great ceremony in the Rose Garden 
And uh, it was a massive amount of money for the victims and the families of people that died in the World Trade Center. I mean, it's hard to believe, right? But we, they were trying to get that for a long time, long before I was there, and I got it. And today they were talking about it, and nobody mentioned my name, and that's okay, because that's the way it is. You know, the other side was trying to take credit for it. They had nothing to do with it. So I just, uh, I think that's a really good point, and I like it. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Great question. Thank you. It's a rare question that I haven't heard before, and that's one that I should have been hearing a lot. Thank you so much. Great great question. Yes, please. Uh, no question, Mr. President. Just want to say thank you for coming down here. We all appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it, too. I appreciate you. Uh, you don't get enough credit. And, you know, the crime in New York, and you look at these cities, Chicago. Uh, I met with, I, I had a very strong conversation with Abdul. It's Abdul Ghani Karaka from, from uh, the Taliban. And I will tell you, we told him, and this is what you could do very easily in New York, we told him, any American soldier, any American is killed, you're going to be hit harder than any country has ever been hit. And he understood that. We had a very good conversation. After that, it was a much easier conversation. And so we didn't lose one soldier in 18 months. And yet you look at these cities, and that's in Afghanistan. And yet you look at these cities where 88 people were shot in Chicago over a week. 88 people were shot. And Many people died, and the same thing here. And if they'd let you do your job, you could do this job very quickly. You do it very quickly. If they let you do this job, if they said, okay, it's time, we can't have this. We lost no soldier in Afghanistan for 18 months. Think of that, because of me, because of what I said to them. They respected it, nor would they have come in and do what they did. They wouldn't have even come close. And every time they did, we hit them with the planes. They didn't like our planes. Now they have our planes. How about that? <laughs> now they have the planes that we were using to hit them. Why the hell didn't we fly them out? Would have taken, send 200 pilots, fly them all out. It's a horrible thing that took place. A horrible, horrible thing. It's an embarrassment. And the likes of which our country has never been embarrassed before. We've never had anything like this happen. It looked like we retreated. It looked like we gave up. Like they used the word surrender. And we didn't surrender. Our people didn't surrender. And our soldiers sure as hell didn't surrender. And you never surrendered. You could straighten out this city. If you had the proper leadership, you could straighten out this city in one week. And the incredible thing about you, you know who the bad guys are. Because you see them and you get taunted by them. I know what happens. They taunt you. And you're not allowed to do anything. You have to sit back and take it. Now, in the old days, when I was growing up in Brooklyn and Queens, they didn't have to take that. They didn't. They were tough guys, but no tougher than you. The, the advantage you have is you know who the bad ones are. And you could stop it so fast if they'd let you, but they don't want to do that. And so you have these crime statistics that are crazy. I mean, the only one they go after is uh, Republicans or me. They go after me. <laughs> Prosecutors go after me. Did he do a deal 20 years ago? It's a disgrace. But if you murder somebody, no problem. And then the no cash bail has to be killing you guys. We have the no cash bail. It's a, it's a disaster. If they would let you do your job with guys like this, if they would let you do your job, you would have it cleaned up. And don't nod because if you do nod, you'll get in trouble, okay? I want you to <laughs> so just stand and just be perfect. Don't nod. But if they let you do your job, 
you wouldn't have crime in New York. You wouldn't have crime in New York. So uh, I just want to thank you very much. Uh, you are incredible people. Uh, I want to thank you for that endorsement. That, that endorsement meant so much. Now, in all fairness, I don't think any police department anywhere endorsed the other guy. I think I get 90. I must have gotten close to 100% of the vote. I think close to 100%. There are a couple of strays everywhere. We're trying to figure out who they are, right? <laughs> but we got the military. We did great with the military. We did incredible with police and fire. So I just want to thank you all. Yes, please. Uh, one more question, Mr. President. If you decide not to run for president, if you decide not to, would you consider running for mayor of New York City? Well, that's an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I tell you, we could straighten it. I'd say, fellas, good luck. Go to town. <laughs> They'd be announcing in one week, there's no crime in this. There's no crime. What the hell happened? I said, that was the easiest job I've ever given. That would be such an easy job. But I appreciate that question. That's cool. If I give you even a positive, a little like jokingly, They'll say, Trump's running for mayor. <laughs> now, if they let you do your job, we're going to be very proud again. But it's very embarrassing for our city. It's hurting our city very badly. They talk about it all over the world, the crime. When you have uh, Antifa running down the streets and burning down your buildings and all of this, and they don't do anything about it, it can't, it can't go on for much longer. It can't. You are incredible men and women, and thank you all very much. I'm with you all the way. And uh, to answer your question, uh, the answer is yes. Thank you very much, okay? Good luck, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to catch anything from you. Come on, we're not catching anything. We do all come back. All right, so that's the first part of this clip, as you see through here, through here, taking pictures, signing things, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, and then we'll go ahead and jump real quick over to uh, this point here. And I think this is about right. Okay, here we go. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you all very much. You know, you're very special. Very, very special. Well, you gave me great support. We won the election, but what are you going to do? We are fighting like hell, and we're going to keep fighting. And you see what happens, because elections do have consequences. Nobody ever thought a thing like this would be possible. We got more votes than any president, sitting president ever got. And... Uh, disgraceful but i appreciate so much the support from all fire people you know you had all over the country come on let's get a good one as a good guy yes yeah the best i just say that every once in a while look at that all three there you go there you go hold on just meet him now we had we had support all over the country from people that do what you do which is very dangerous and I know it very well. And what happened at the World Trade Center was incredible. And what we did in the last week, what this government of ours did in the last week, is never going to be excused, ever. Bringing the military, I think of it, bringing the military out first. Okay? Bringing the military, and they were locked down. They weren't doing anything. Not one American soldier was killed in like 18 months. 
and nobody could believe it. It was because of my discussions with Abdul, who's now running that operation. We had them. We could have taken two months, five months. We could have taken three years. $85 billion worth of equipment we left behind. You couldn't fly the airplanes out? There was no reason for this. Military goes out last. They would have been totally safe. Those 13 warriors that were killed, I spoke to some of the parents. The parents will never be the same. They will never be the same. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. So I just want to thank you. I've been given so much support by the people that do what you do, the bravest people. And right next door, and you know you love each other, because I know the blue. We love we the do. blue. We do. I'll say it loud. You know, you're not supposed to say that. We love the blue. And I know how you get along, too. You get along great. But the support I've been given by fire and police has been incredible. It's been incredible. I don't want to say the number because it's way up. If I say it, if it's a quarter of a point up, they'll say Trump misrepresented. You know, but the fake news. But I just want to thank you all. I passed this place many times, as you know, many times. And I gave you every ounce of my support. You know, we approved. I was the one we approved in my administration the massive amount of money to take care of people affected by the World Trade Center catastrophe, families and everything else. And that was done by me. I saw they were all talking about it today. They were all taking credit, but they had nothing to do with it. I had <laughs> that was my deal. We signed it. In fact, a couple of you were there. We signed it on the lawn of the Rose Garden. It was great. It was a great day. But I just want to thank everybody. You're incredible people. You're beautiful people. There's nobody like you, and uh, nobody has your guts. I, I know all about that building. I was down there right after, and it, it was... Uh, it was a tragedy. And to think that knowing the one building came down and you still had people going from fire, people going up the other building, I, I assume just knowing what was going to happen, uh, the bravest people, and we want to thank you. You're incredible. And we really, uh, this day is very interesting because they're trying to do speeches without mentioning what happened over the last two weeks. And it's a very hard thing to do. And I think in certain ways they shouldn't be doing that. Because what they did in the last two weeks with that surrender or whatever you call it was a disgrace. There was no reason. We had them totally locked down. They couldn't have done a thing. We could have stayed there for 10 years if we wanted. They couldn't have done a damn thing. We ran. I think he wanted to run because he wanted to look good today. And I wanted that ended more than anybody and for a longer period of time. We should have never been there, frankly. We should have never gotten into that quicksand. Trillions of dollars, millions of lives if you look at both sides. But when you get out, you have to get out with honor, dignity, strength, and victory. We would have had victory. And he turned victory into a total embarrassment. I say the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. And then we gave him $85 billion worth of equipment. It's the most that I bought. You know? <laughs> now think about it. You know, those Apache helicopters, they're the greatest weapon. Uh, Apaches, they have more than any other nation but us now. And uh, the Blackhawks and everything else, it's not, it's not even believable. You know, we kept them at bay because of the air. And now they have what we had for the air. You know, they, our jets, our helicopters, there's nothing they could do. And any time they did, they had a problem. And when I spoke to Abdul, I said, Abdul, if you kill any American soldier or any American, you keep fighting your civil war, you've been fighting them forever. You kill any American, 
You kill any American soldier, we're going to hit you harder than any country has ever been hit. And I said it, and I said it clear. I said it loud. And he understood that. He said, I understand. He said some other things, too, by the way. He said, <laughs> he said they're tough. He said, I understand. And from that day on, we didn't have one soldier killed. And we could have taken two, three years to get out, or we could have been out in one month. Nobody would have been killed. And we would have had 100% of our equipment. And to see what happened, and then to come and watch these the speeches. I watched a lot of the speeches. And they talk, we went in and we fought the enemy, we fought the enemy. And it's all true. But they didn't say what happened in the last week. We surrendered. And we can't let that happen. Because that's a stain on our country that's worse than any stain we've ever had before. It's an embarrassment. Biden didn't even speak today. He went to all three places and he didn't speak. I wonder why. I wonder why he didn't speak. No, think of it. He went. No, he went. No, he went to three places, all three places. He went to the Pentagon, went to Pennsylvania. He came here and he didn't speak. <laughs> oh, what a shame. The election was rigged, and that's what we got. That's what we got. Listen, I want to thank everybody. Uh, you are incredible people. We love you. We always will. And a lot of things interesting happening. They are, you know, they're only good at doing bad things, in my opinion. If they fought the war the way they fought the election, where they stole it, I don't even say stole it. They rigged it. We would have had this war would have been over 20 years ago. You wouldn't have had a war. You would have had the thing. They would have been apologizing 20 years ago. But they didn't do that. They don't do that. They only do bad stuff. You wonder whether or not they love our country. I love you. Thank you all very much. man that uh that that one that one uh i i guess he would he would be a fire department i don't know captain or something sitting in the chair he looked like he was gonna cry that that would be me i'd be sitting there like in front of this man and wanting to cry <laughs> he looks so he looks so touched or emotional or i don't know I don't think it was constipation or indigestion, ladies, but uh, that that is uh, probably some of my favorite footage of uh, Trump's ventures out on uh, on uh, on Saturday um, memorial of 9/11 uh, terrorist false flag attacks. Um, I love 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 that right there. Visiting the uh, New York Police Department and the New York Fire Department, uh, right right there in smack dab vicinity of the heroes and first responders that went in on that uh, terrible day in American history. So I just thought I had to share it with you guys. Uh, that, that is, uh, that is pretty much going to wrap up these nine 11 events for president Trump with the exception of one ladies and gentlemen, of course, we all heard about president Trump uh, being present and accounted for uh, during the, uh, <laughs> During the uh, Evander Holyfield uh, comeback special, if you want to call it that. Uh, so, yeah, so he was touted to uh, be giving commentary on that day uh, during uh, the event. 
Of course, if any of you guys saw the event, uh, many of you all were disappointed. It was very short-lived fight. Uh, did not go uh, beyond a single round. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, all else aside, though, um, as uh, and Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie friend over at uh, the uh, Foxhole.app. Um, um, uh, uh, he, he was giving commentary. So uh, um, uh, fortunately, uh, we were able because we, we obviously didn't air it here at the C channels. Uh, we were able to uh, dig up um, actually the highlights of his commentary. Uh, so uh, the following bit, it's not too long, uh, and then we'll move along uh, <laughs> to other matters for this day. Um, uh, we'll go ahead and, and just check it out, since uh, since we didn't get to see it anyhow, or at least I didn't. Uh, let's see, let's see what it was all about, ladies and gentlemen. This should be fun. success. I hear it's going crazy over the internet, going absolutely crazy. Just another Brazilian. What do we do with these Brazilians? Tell me. We love Brazil, right? What are we doing with these Brazilians? I think they're going to sweep it tonight. Well, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank This is like a rally. We love you all. We love this country. We'll set up a fight. How about you against this guy over here? I don't know. This guy over here is pretty big. This one, I think Junior's a little bit on the large side. Very exciting, isn't it, huh? Yeah. Very exciting. Now, two great fighters. One's a boxer, though. The other's uh, MMA. <laughs> this is boxing. You never know who's going to well, win until it's official. It's like elections. It could be rigged. I've seen, I've seen some of them, too. It was a little revolutionary at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you outbid the Vegas casinos yeah. to get that fight, and you made a pretty tidy that profit, was, did you not? It was, a good, it was a great fight for us. It was a big fight. It only lasted for a very short period of time, however. That was Many one of my first fights. I, well, I've been in a lot of buildings for a lot of fight cards. <laughs> I had a lot of Mike Tyson fights, I think more than anybody. I think I had 17. We had uh, Spinks Tyson. That was 92 seconds. Oh, yeah. That was not yeah. good. That was a quickie. That was, like this. that was Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, but he let it go seven rounds. Right? <laughs> this was a little bit quicker. Well, wow, that's something. I'll tell you yeah. what, that really helps his stock. You know what that means? <laughs> that helps his stock, because yeah, that was sure. impressive. Vitor, your stock was very high, but your stock is even higher tonight, because you beat somebody who is... I don't know. I think probably one of the greatest of all time. There's no question about it, Evander. Did you think that was a possible ending? I, yeah, I didn't. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I'll tell you, Jorge Not said. This Tito, but, you said yeah. he's a great boxer, though. Anderson's a great boxer. Is this true or fake news? You bet a million dollars on Holyfield to beat Mike Tyson in their first fight. Well, I don't want to comment on it. Uh, I don't want to comment. But I was there. I will tell you, that was a that was one hell of a fight. I've seen decisions that were so bad that were so ridiculous like this as an example you look at this fight uh, i don't think you can give it to joe but i've seen far worse and jono has got big attitude so, and they're both good fighters they've both done well they they both want to be champions but you have big fans with jorge and with junior they said he can fight and he can box i said well but boxing's not his thing and junior said yes it is you just watch and i know evander and I've never seen that happen to Evander. I've seen, I've been with Evander a long time, and 
It's just uh, one of those things, but you were really fantastic. And Evander, we love you. We love you, Evander. You're a special, special man. David was a great fighter. He hasn't fought for a while. But usually a great fighter. You're born with that. But uh, 100 to 1 odds sounds pretty good to me. You are the biggest Holyfield. I was a huge Holyfield fan growing up. The greatest heart, right? Yeah, the greatest heart. So what's going to happen? I just, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Vito right now. So you know Vito, right? I know. uh, I just met him a couple times. What do you think? Younger, a lot younger. The one thing is Holyfield's always been an underdog. Ever since I've known Holyfield, he's been an underdog. Donald Jr., are you a billionaire yet? (laughs) No, there's only one billionaire in the family. You get stronger. The power's the last thing to go. You look at George Foreman. He was knocking people out at 47, right? He always had that punch. You don't lose it, they say. Well, it's a little interesting, but he was a champion, and uh, that was a while ago, three years or so. But he was also badly injured, badly hurt. So that's not good, but he still was a champion. Let's see what happens. So that was that. I don't know what was going on at the end there because I didn't actually see the fight like I mentioned. Here, let's let's uh, put it on a, a little pause there. Okay, cool. And um, that looked like that looked like someone was protesting um, protesting at the uh, during like a, a I guess like a, a moment of silence for 9/11 is what that looked like right there at the end. But uh, yeah, uh, that was some of the highlights from uh, his commentary during the Holyfield fight. Uh, Holyfield, I believe is 59, if I'm not mistaken, if that's what I heard, if not 62, he's like right in there somewhere. It's probably 59. Um, but yeah, call, uh, call, I mean, he wasn't, um, he was technically knocked out in the first round. Um, the referee did not allow the fight to continue. Basically he stopped it, uh, because he was getting slapped around pretty hard. Uh, as far as any comms go, I could not tell you guys anything about that. Um, uh, Colin Tron, you know, cause <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, maybe it's symbolic that he's going to knock Biden out in the first year of his presidency. Uh, so hang tight guys. Cause we have until January, right? No, just kidding. I mean, it could be before that. Who knows? Uh, 58 says the new normal. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was just a little bit of the, uh, Holyfield, um, um, uh, opponent match. <laughs> I have no idea what that guy's name is. As far as triangle, triangle, like, uh, um, what are those things called on, on the mic stands? Uh, I see those everywhere. Um, I don't know if that is, if that is, um, if that is a symbology for whom they're affiliated with, considering that, uh, the evil triangle pretty much owns all of the media. Uh, but I do see those, uh, in other places as well. Um, but yeah, they, they've been around for, for quite some time that I've noticed at least. Hey, Tanette Booth, welcome in. Good to see you, sweetie. Smitten Kitten 38 good evening. Glad to have you in the room with us. Two Rivers, you as well, sir. Um, and, and Fringe Dwella, what's up, friend? And uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so yeah, so that was, uh, th- yeah, the best part was when he said he wanted to box Biden, said... Um, Aurelius Locke, that was, uh, he said that during, I guess, the presser, the, where they do the weigh-in. I think it was during the weigh-in. 
and not the way in it was like the press conference that they have before the games where the two fighters are sitting there or whatever. And uh, at the end of that, they asked President Trump if he could box anyone who he would box. And uh, he said, uh, I probably wouldn't do a professional boxer because, well, you know, um, uh, they're professional. <laughs> but he said he thinks the easiest person it would be for him to take out would be Joe Biden. And everyone definitely got a kick out of that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, President Trump was definitely criticized a lot for uh, participating in this event. We don't know why. I mean, we could always speculate. Uh, uh, one thought that floated around in my head, and as you guys know, I have a pretty funny head, um, was that uh, maybe, maybe there was a hit out for him and that was the safest place for him to be on live TV, right? Anyways, oh, here's, okay, here's the last Trumpism for tonight, ladies. We could have done just a whole show on Trump, but you know what? Tomorrow is the Larry Elder election. I mean, the California recall election. So we have to, have to, have to include that today. Because after today, it will be too late. And there was so much news breaking on the recall election during the weekend we have to cover it tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope you guys don't mind us running into overtime. Uh, I appreciate y'all's grace. Um, maybe what we can do, though, and, and this might be a wise choice, uh, we'll save the Gateway Pundit President Trump interview for tomorrow, our Tuesday show, because uh, we don't have any other Trump interviews in line for now. Uh, but it's a, it's a it's a very good interview, and of course, uh, the Gateway Pundit is a very good source, uh, especially for uh, you know patriot uh, news reporters and commentators such as myself. Uh, so we definitely want to make sure that we air that uh, interview. Aside from the fact that you know uh, we like to archive all of President Trump's speeches and appearances here at the Sea Report. So I'll tell you what, in the interest of time, uh, we will move the Gateway Pundit President Trump interview to tomorrow. Um, it is a 45 minute interview. That's why I'm saying, and we are not done yet, ladies and gentlemen. We're still, we're already, we're, we're, we are already in overtime and we will be here for just a minute more, if not at least 30 to 40 more minutes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like we're looking at least at another hour to an hour and a half if we do the Gateway President Trump interview. And uh, I want to respect y'all's time. And, uh, you know, uh, that way, if you got anything to do or any other events to catch, uh, we're not holding you guys up. But I appreciate you guys being in the audience tonight, everyone. Uh, at the foxhole.app as well as at Twitch and Clout Hub. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to this. This is our next uh, um, uh, feature for tonight with President Trump. Now, you guys remember last week I was going crazy, 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 uh, trying to remember that, uh, trying to uh, trying to find this interview. I was like, there's an interview that came out with President Trump and I can only find bits and pieces of it and it's not available anywhere else except on Facebook and I'm locked out. Well, as it turns out, I guess those were previews because the interview actually aired on Sunday. And this is actually President Trump's first publicly broadcasted interview. So we know we've seen him on Hannity. We know we've seen him on uh, on right side broadcasting. Uh, but this is actually going to all the John Q. publics who can't afford cable TV or streaming services. Uh, so this is a this is kind of a big one uh, that's coming out there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, keep going. A beer in hand says GHCJM61. Awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. 
Um, and then uh, let's see, uh, Two River says, already people complained about getting told they already voted. Yep, we're getting there, sir. We are getting there. That's why I said California is very important, especially tonight, because tomorrow is the recall elections. And we already have oodles, oodles of, uh, of uh, reports of uh, election fraud before the election. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this uh, uh, interview. Again, uh, this is President Interview with Cheryl Atkinson on Full Measure, the first publicly broadcasted interview with President Trump since he left the office. Uh, so sit back, relax. This one's only 10 minutes long. It's not that long. And then we will get into uh, a cup. Uh, uh, we'll get into California. That's for sure. So uh, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, enjoy the show. Thank you for agreeing to do an interview. We are at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey. The Biden administration has to reinstitute the Remain in Mexico program, which by all accounts, when I've been down there on my reporting, seems to have made a big impact on the border traffic. Opponents say that policy is inhumane and that it's dangerous. Do you think starting up the program again will help the border crisis, help solve it, or perhaps make things worse? It was a very powerful thing that we did, remain in Mexico. Number one, as you said, it stopped a lot of people from coming up. And number two, uh, people could not come into our country unless they had essentially legal rights to come in, which is what we want. We want people, but they have to come in legally. It was dramatic. It was incredible how good it was. And by the judge's ruling and by what they did and the, you know, uh, affirmation, and it was indeed an affirmation, uh, I think it's probably the best thing that happened to Texas and to our country and, frankly, maybe to the Biden administration. Uh, we had the strongest border in history, and now we have the weakest border in history. So remain in Mexico is a very big thing. We are seeing record levels of illegal border crossings right now. The Biden administration largely blames you, <laughs> among other things, That's for dismantling programs to help illegal immigrants and also cutting the funding to help countries where they're coming from which the Biden administration is reinstituting a lot of that funding. What do you say about that? So I'll tell you about that. First of all, we created the safest border, the best border for our country, and we have people come in, but they were strongly vetted. Now they're coming in from the Middle East. They're coming in from all over. And we did something on the border that nobody thought was possible. And as far as the money going to other countries, they're right. I cut it off because they were sending thousands and thousands and thousands of people up and we were giving them $500 million a year. I said, you know what? If you people don't stop, we're going to stop it. They didn't stop. We cut it off. As soon as I cut it off, they would do whatever I wanted to do. Now, Biden, they want to give billions of dollars to these same countries. And that's going to go to the traffickers. That's going to go to a lot of people that shouldn't be getting it. It is a disgrace. It's going to make, it's going to make the situation much worse. On Afghanistan... By the way, do you still get intel briefings? I get if I want. I get what I want. I hear what's going on. By the way, you don't need intel briefings. All you have to do is read the news or turn on the television. It's the most incompetently handled withdrawal in history. There's never been anything like this, where we gave them $85 billion worth of brand new, beautiful equipment. Most importantly, we lost... 13 and many wounded of our soldiers and over 200 people were killed. 
But we lost these 13 incredible souls, these incredible warriors, and probably more to follow, some very, very badly wounded soldiers. It's the most incompetently handled thing. We had that in such good control, they wouldn't have done a thing. Considering what you're saying, do you think the Afghanistan war is over? Uh, I don't know, because uh, you have people going all over the world and being dropped all over the world right now, and nobody knows who the hell they are, Cheryl. These aren't the interpreters that we taught. These were people that rushed into the planes, and they were so interested in trying to make it sound like, oh, they're doing a good job. These people, many of these people, are going to be terrorists, okay? They're going to be terrorists. They were very powerful. They were very energetic in getting onto the aircraft. They say but they're vetting them very carefully with biometrics and documentation. They're not doing that. And you can't because there is no documentation in that country. There's virtually no documentation. Uh, they didn't vet them. They didn't even try to vet them. They're trying to vet them now, but it's a little bit late. They're dropping them all over the world, and most of them will be coming to the United States. And in that group will be many terrorists, many, many terrorists. We've done their job. The hardest thing was getting out of the country, coming in for terrorists. We've brought terrorists into our country. And they're coming very much so. I mean, they're going to be flown in, but they're also coming through our southern border. It's a disgrace. You have a lot of agreement among people on both sides of the aisle that seem to feel as though this withdrawal was done in backwards order. But President Biden has largely blamed you for the chaos in Afghanistan. He says that when he came into office, the Taliban was in its strongest position since 2001. And he said he was stuck with your negotiations and that you didn't have a good plan. I was stronger than anybody. Get out. But get out with honor and dignity. But get out. We have to get out. Should have never been. But get out. And if you look back, I always said that the Afghans, as soon as we announce we're leaving, they'll give up the fight. They were highly paid soldiers. They fought because they made a lot of money. They didn't fight for their country. They fought because they made a lot of money. And it's a disgrace. And as soon as we left, everything I said from years ago turned out to be true. We should have saved those 13 people plus 200 people. And we should have taken out all our equipment, everything. And I said, I want every bolt. I want every screw. I want every nail. I want everything. I want those tanks. They're all over the place. And maybe you have to go back and get it. Now I'm saying, how can they take this equipment? And I guarantee that China and Russia already have our Apache helicopters. And they're, uh, they're taking them apart to find out exactly how they're made. They're the best in the world by far. And they're taking them apart so they can make the exact same equipment. They're very good at that. It's a disgrace. It's very simple. I believe they're incompetent. Uh, they didn't do it on purpose. I just think they just ran. It was, I think it's the most embarrassing event in the history of our country. We ran from guys with knives, good fighters, but guys with knives, we ran. We had the F-35s and the F-18s and they had knives. And it made our military look so bad. And it was decision-making at the top and with some of our television generals. After the break, does Trump plan to get a COVID-19 booster shot? And was he typing in all those tweets himself? (laughs) 
On coronavirus, you've had coronavirus. You've also had the vaccines. Do you anticipate getting the booster if that becomes available and recommended? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I, I really feel I'm in pretty good shape with respect to that. But let's see what happens. If, uh, if I feel it's good, if I feel it's necessary, I would get it. I'm very proud of what we did on the vaccines. I did the vaccines in a short period of time, less than nine months. And people were saying it was going to take five years and probably never, never going to happen. And I pushed the FDA to level that they would, they have never, never been pushed. And they probably don't like me much, but I don't care. Bureaucrats, it took them so long to get anything done. I got it done in less than nine months and I saved millions and millions of people around the world. At the time, you seemed to get sick very fast, and then you seemed to get well very fast. On your worst day, did you have moments where you thought, I might not come out of this? Well, I didn't want to allow that to happen because I felt I had an obligation to this country to come out okay. I think it would have not been great. You know, I want, I'm a cheerleader for our country. I love our country. And I don't want that to be happening to anybody, but I don't want it to be happening to its number one representative and to its president. I don't want that to be happening. I always felt pretty good. I didn't feel, I know I've read stories that, oh, I was just about over. It was just not so. I was pretty good. I didn't feel like uh, I do now. I didn't feel like perfect, but I felt there was something wrong. And very early on, I took therapeutic, uh, therapeutics and I got better very quickly. And I think I showed things to the country, but not only the vaccines, the therapeutics that we have are incredible. And for some reason, the Biden administration is not talking about therapeutics. They're not talking about Regeneron and other things that we have and that we've developed under the Trump administration. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. Looking back at your four years, if you knew then what you know now, what are some of the things you might have done differently in terms of either policies or people you trusted that maybe you should you feel you shouldn't have now? Sure. I, I picked some people that turned out not to be good. That always happens. Uh, picked some people that were fantastic. You know, we rebuilt the military. Think of what we've done. They've got the biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history, uh, right to try medically where people can use stuff that's, you know, not going to be approved by for seven years. But if it looks, you know, if they're terminally ill, we did so many different things. Rebuilt the military. Uh, yeah, I picked some people that in retrospect, I wouldn't have done, but that always happens. That always happens. Before you got elected, I asked you if you got elected, would someone review your tweets or help you go over them? Or would you be doing them yourself? And you said at the time you thought somebody would probably help you with that, re maybe review them. How did that work out? Do you actually, were you, when you were allowed on Twitter, typing these things in yourself? Sometimes. And sometimes I dictate them out to somebody and they'd put them in. But it was my thoughts. Uh, and, you know, there's a mixed bag. Some people think, oh, I wish you didn't tweet. And a lot of people think that without doing that, maybe I wouldn't have uh, been elected. I think I would have been. But there are a lot of people thought it was actually bad for me. Uh, now I have something. I do basically releases. Uh, Save America. It's called Save America. And they get picked up in the millions and millions and millions. We've been asking Joe Biden for an interview for over a year, and we'll keep trying. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who that is. It looks like Yolanda Saldivar. <laughs> For those of you who know who that person is, 
Uh, but anyways, all right. Uh, that is a wrap on President Trump. Uh, you know, uh, there were a lot of cuts in that interview. But again, I guess it's since it was for uh, broadcast television, not to the uh, cable or uh, streaming networks. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one I was looking for last week. And it was not even available until Sunday. Uh, so that's pretty much that. Uh, a lot of you guys making some funny comments out there in the chat. And absolutely two rivers. Hannity is a shill. Controlled opposition. Uh, and I think uh, I think President Trump rather exploits him for his audience. Uh, and for those who still follow that man um, off the cliff. Right? Uh, so anyhow, hopefully their eyes will be open before it gets too late in that regards. And yes, a lot of the talk about the vax and the stuff like, oh, well, we, we know when he was sick, he took, uh, you know, therapeutics and uh, at Blonde Blue the Cute Good Evening, my friend, uh, mentions Regeneron um, in uh, the chat room. Uh, he had recently said he did take the vaccine. Of course, no one saw that. We didn't get, uh, we didn't get uh, any footage of it. So who knows? You know, maybe he's uh, playing that uh, part up or something like that. Um, or indeed, what did he get? Uh, so yeah, so there we go, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, that sums up uh, a lot of our, uh, a lot of our Trump activities for this past weekend, man was busy, busy, busy man. Of course, uh, that that uh, interview was recorded in uh, Bedminster, New Jersey, probably, probably like, I, I would guess a week or two ago, maybe, um, when he was still out there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you might be wondering what this beautiful woman is doing on our screen. Uh, that is none other than Melania Trump, ladies and gentlemen. And well, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys that. But um, uh, as I was saying uh, in regards to that, uh, going through the headlines today in preparation for the show, um, you know, they have uh, quite frequently uh, been uh, they've been quite frequently uh, bringing up Trump in the headlines, uh, whether that's because, uh, you know, we are getting closer and closer to a point uh, that they are trying to fight, uh, which is, you know, the possible reinstatement uh, of President Trump uh, sooner than later, or if it's because they're really hurting for uh, clicks and views, uh, it seems that the mainstream media is pulling out a lot of Trump stories uh, right now. Like, uh, you know, on my uh, opening screen, um, I got to say um, that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in 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 a in a rash of maybe twenty stories, I'm I'm seeing almost about ten, almost about half of them, are actually Trump stories. Uh, some kind of connection to Trump, um, you know that is uh that's what we're seeing. So yeah, like I said, either they're hurting for ratings and views and and funding uh, by visiting the stories clickbait, um, or they're scared because something is coming up. Uh, it seems that now Melania is getting caught up into the mix. Hey, Wisconsin and on. Good evening and thank you, my friend. Uh, welcome back. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about what they're doing with Melania now. And then we're going to jump into Larry Elder. Um, and I see uh, there's some questions out there about Larry Elder going on in the chat. Uh, let's see here. I'm in California, says Smitten Kitten 38. Do you think Larry Elder is a good choice? Uh, uh, he was not the only choice, uh, but as far as someone who's actually able to beat uh, Gavin Gruesome Newsome, if anything, because of his familiar name and face, yes. 
I do believe that would be the case uh, with all of those uh, with all of those uh, prefaces to that statement. Uh, but now let's talk about Melania real quick. Uh, there was just a couple of stories that come out about her in the headlines today. Um, we have her under fire, it seems, because and I'm not going to mention the name of this individual because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, this person has a book coming out. So all of these articles were also probably just public relations uh, campaigns to sell this book. Uh, and this book is about, uh, you know, the, the life and times of a Melania Trump staffer, right, uh, who's going to come out and start spilling the beans because uh, she has nothing else better to do and she's no longer relevant uh, since Melania is no longer uh, in office with uh, President Trump. Um, but in this book that is coming out uh, next month, um, the writer who, again, I'll just, I will just describe as very generically as a former Trump staffer, uh, describes Melania as a doomed French queen, Marie Antoinette, dismissive, defeated, and detached. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, no, she's just, you know, foreign. Uh, uh, but no. Uh, so uh, not only that, you know, that's 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 just one of the angles of attack that they are going out with Melania. But it seems like they're really going to try and form a narrative around this angle in the story, because this is the one that they have been, um, you know, uh, proliferating the most in the media as of today. I don't doubt that they turn this into something else by tomorrow. But in the book, um, the writer said that in regards to the January 6th false flag riots, uh, when it was going down, apparently Melania was in the White House doing a photo shoot for a carpet that she had installed. Go Melania, you know, do your finger. And uh, so while that was happening, apparently Melania was in the White House on January 6th. Um, the staffer texted Melania and asked her, do you want to tweet that peaceful protests are the right of every American, but there's no place for lawlessness and violence? Already you can tell that this staffer is pretty uh, biased on some point. I mean, just look at look at the context and syntax of that sentence. Uh, and now this probably goes back to the point that uh, President Trump had answered when asked about who tweets, do you tweet or does someone tweet for you? And he said he dictates. Well, it seems like this staffer was uh, dictating to Melania what to say in regards to the January 6th false flag riots. So anyways, uh, she asks Melania that question in a text and Melania responds with one word. They made sure to point out it was one word as if to show what kind of a cold and stoic woman this uh, former first lady, my still first ladies, still the first lady, Melania Trump is. And that word was no. And uh, in that regard, uh, you know, the writer, I guess, uh, seems to think that she's uh, dismissive and detached uh, based on that. Defeated? Well, let's see what she says about that. So uh, anyhow, um, after this, of course, uh, it comes out. And this was a big point, I guess, that was made on CNN or something. Uh, or, or perhaps this is a spin to their story. Which is indeed that uh, President uh, that Melania did was not aware of what was happening on January sixth uh, in the Capitol, and uh, that's the story that seems to have been told. Right? Well, 
because of this book now, um, all of the uh, mainstream media uh, legacy uh, fake news sellouts are, are declaring Melania knew about the false flag riots much earlier than thought. And uh, of course, because of that, they're going to try and reshape the opinion of the first lady, Melania Trump, um, because they need something. They need, a, they need to sell this book in order to cover probably the uh, massive money money laundering they're going to do to this writer um, or, you know, they just need more money and revenue for their newspaper and uh, website. So here you go. Um, and OK, so also in that regards, uh, it says here uh, that uh, uh, the writer um, uh, who apparently was a loyal Trump deputy for more than five years served briefly as a White House press secretary, but never addressed the press um, and then returned to the East Wing with Melania Trump as her chief of staff. Um, um, apparently, she also wrote in her book uh, that um, uh, the, uh, the uh, former staffer um, had written to the first lady to ask her or who, who had asked the first lady if she would like to reach out to Dr. Jill Biden uh, and the incoming team to help ease the transition between the administrations. Uh, to this, Melania Trump responded uh, that they should wait and see what the West Wing does. Okay, so uh, I don't see any problem with this. Okay, of course, that might seem make her seem like she's defeated in the eyes of this writer and uh, probably a scorned former staffer. Um, but to be quite honest with you all, I mean, just in, just in point of logic, and this has nothing to do with uh, with the concept of the place of the wife in the marriage. Okay, has nothing to do with who's the head of the household and who is uh, the subjected from the rib kind of thing. Can you imagine the heyday media storm they would have had had Melania agreed to that tweet on January sixth? Or had actually reached out to Jill Biden. I ain't going to call her a doctor, right? She's Joe's doctor. Jill Biden. Can you imagine, guys? The media would have been all, first lady disagrees with Trump. Believes that they should extend an olive branch to Joe Biden. First lady says that violence has no place. And Trump did not even tweet or tell his followers to stop. Like, they would have gone crazy if Melania had agreed. So this, to me came from more of a, uh, a piece of wisdom, a part of wisdom on Melania's behalf and really being able to see the whole picture, okay? But of course, this staffer uh, decides to do this book deal and uh, spill the beans and spill the tea, so to speak, um, about Melania Trump. Uh, that's not to say that Melania would not respond uh, because Melania responded uh, to this, uh, this staffer's book uh, in this way, uh, Melania said, and I quote, the intent behind this book is obvious. It is an attempt to redeem herself after a poor performance as press secretary, failed personal relationships and unprofessional behavior in the White House. Through mistruths and betrayal, she seeks to gain relevance and money at the expense of Mrs. Trump. And, uh, 
I think that that's all we need to say about that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Row! Don't let the claws come out on that one. Oh boy, I would not want to uh, be in any kind of a match with Melania Trump because she just whooped that woman's hide all the way till next Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. It is just Monday. So uh, just thought I would share that story with you guys. I really do enjoy, uh, enjoy I really enjoyed that. And I thought it was uh, quite interesting that now Melania is coming up in the headlines. We must be getting pretty close to something, ladies and gentlemen, because they want to change public opinion on the First Lady of the United States of America. And there you have it. Uh, that is uh, that is what that is all about, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we can get on to this. We have another main ring bout currently underway. And uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the California recall elections happening tomorrow. Tomorrow is officially the day for recalls there in the great state of California. And uh, yeah, we're going toe to toe between Gavin Gruesome Newsome and one Larry Elder. Now, to be sure, before we get into the stories here and tonight, uh, there are a lot of things that, you know, people may not agree with about Larry Elder. A lot of stuff that I think he has said is a bunch of politicking. Um, and indeed, uh, uh, Assemblyman um, Kevin Kiley seemed to be, uh, he would be a good governor, if you ask me, in my opinion, based on the things that I've seen about him and heard about him, including his uh, his story, uh, you know, of, of, you know, where he came from and the work that he's done and the many lawsuits that he's filed against the Gruesome Newsome administration and successfully successfully so. Um, so yeah, you know, there were several people, you know, no one here was going to vote for, you know, uh, um, trans, uh, transgender, you know, but uh, indeed between Kevin Kiley and Larry Elder, I think that was some good stuff there. You know, that that was some good stuff. Had it been a proper election, who knows, it might have been a tighter race, but in a recall election, where, uh, wherein uh, Gruesome Newsome moves up the date, Keeping in mind that he had his uh, Democrat-led uh, assembly in the state of California move that date up an entire month. This should not have been happening until mid-October, you know, and then the left media in California started complaining about it. I thought that was kind of funny. You know, but with such a short span of time, we're talking like they had like maybe a month and a half to two months at most to get uh, to get a good uh, contender to replace Gavin Gruesome Newsome. So that this way, even if he is recalled, they don't get some shill controlled opposition deep stater in to take his place. Larry Elder is the man. Okay, now he is a conservative of a long time speaking radio talk show host. He's the most recognized, you know. Uh, think about when uh think about when um uh Arnold Schwarzenegger was elected as governor in a recall election. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he was the most known. That's the only reason why no one else knew who he was. Uh but when it comes to getting this liberal communist hack out of office in California. Larry Elder, to me, would be the best bet because he, again, has uh, the most recognized name of all of the candidates, except for maybe, again, transgender. But um, but there you go. So uh, it has been a long and hard fight for Larry Elder, uh, even though it's been a short fight at that. He's been at no uh, he's been at no loss for uh, disadvantage and also attack, uh, as I'm sure most of you all saw and heard about the story where he was egged. Uh, by a racist SJW communist socialist Antifa member 
who is wearing a gorilla mask, which I find quite interesting that no one has even made comment on that. Like, hello, Roseanne Barr got discontinued because she made a comment to the effect of black people looking like gorillas. And that's not even what she said, to be honest with you. I mean, I know several people, black, white, Mexican or not, that look like monkeys just because of their facial features. It has nothing to do with their skin color. But you have an Antifa member in a full-blown gorilla mask, and they don't even call foul on that, which to me says a lot about uh, the hypocrisy and two-sidedness um, of the um, mainstream, lamestream fake news media. Okay? And uh, so anyways, that's just part of that. That is just some of it. He's been called the uh, face of white supremacy in black America. He's been called an Uncle Tom. He's been called everything in the book, and including the racial epithets that they seem to just toss at this man because he is a conservative leader. Um, and so, again, like I said, he's been through many things since he has uh, stepped up to the plate. You know, they tried to uh, pull a fast one over on him, um, even though uh, even though uh, with his uh, with his finances and taxes, even though uh, they were not holding all the other candidates up to the same standard. And so that was dismissed. Uh, that's just kind of the way it goes, you know. Uh, but um, what we'll do now is as we're getting into this, um, again, he was also in a whirlwind of events doing a, a bunch of uh, speeches uh, throughout California and, and hosting events and stuff, so to speak. Um, uh, we'll play a real quick Vidya, uh, uh, where Larry Elder appears on, um, let's see, Fox 11. Uh, they talked to him a bit about uh, this racist attack that he suffered. Uh, they also talked to him about the voter fraud. And uh, we'll get into that next. And uh, they also talked to him about the Rose McGowan controversy. And we will be touching on Rose McGowan as well tonight before we wrap up today's show. Uh, but we really wanted to get in uh, this bit about Larry Elder and the recall election. Um, and because, uh, again, guys, tomorrow's the day. And there's a lot of controversy around this. And there's a lot of consternation. Uh, but I have faith that uh, California will pull through. And uh, we will see a recall of Gavin Gruesome Newsome. The only thing that we have to wait for after that is uh, we have to wait and see what's going to happen post-election. Because we're again, we're looking at a lot of possible fraud. And I think the I think the bad guys might have already put their foot in their mouth. Uh, but let's check this interview out before we get into that. And uh, we will see you guys in just a sec. Let's bring in Welcome you back to the show. You are on your you're on your bus. You've been campaigning up and down this state. So that's why the, the camera might be a little bumpy. Hopefully it's not right. a bumpy ride for your campaign. though. Yes. Hopefully that's not a metaphor for anything. Alex, I'll handle the jokes here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay. <laughs> leave it to him. All right. We'll leave that to you. But l let's get your reaction uh, to that poll. Obviously, you like the second part of that, which shows you lap in the field. Uh, in terms of your competition. The first part of it, though, is a bit troubling. This idea that the support for the, the Newsom uh, no on recall is surging. That's in every poll that we've seen. We know that polls have been wrong in the past, but we also see a lot of Democrats turning out when it comes to the actual ballots. How do you change that equation in these final days and get Democrats and independents to vote for you? 
my reaction to that poll is it's a snapshot. Democrats uh, uh, voted early. A lot of Republicans don't trust the process or sitting on their ballots. So I expect there to be a surge over the next coming coming days. Also, there's going to be a bombshell story that I think is going to change the narrative. You know, I've been accused of not liking women because of some article I wrote 21 years ago and because of some false allegations that I've denied. Uh, but uh, there's a bombshell that just broke the other day, uh, yesterday, uh, Alex and Marla. Rose McGowan is the actress who claims that her career was ruined because she did not sleep with Harvey Weinstein, who, by the way, is facing a number of rape charges. Harvey Weinstein, uh, according to uh, uh, according to Rose McGowan, the wife of Gavin Newsom, called Rose McGowan about six months before the story broke and said on behalf of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer, how can I make you happy? How can I make this story go away? Now, I don't know whether it's true that Gavin Newsom's wife called on behalf of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer uh, and try to get Rose McGowan to back off her allegations six months before the allegations blew up. I don't know if it's true. All I know is that if that allegation were made about my significant other, that my significant other called Rose McGowan on behalf of Harvey Weinstein's lawyer and said, uh, how can we make this story go away? How can I make you happy? Uh, CNN would be talking about it. The Washington Post would be talking about it. The New York Times would be talking about it. Political would be talking about it. But right now, it's radio free silence. Newsmax has asked me about it, and it was published in Real Clear Politics. Outside of that, the mainstream media doesn't give a damn. This is a double standard to which I've been subjected to the entire time I've been running, Alex and Marla, and it's unfair. And this is something that Rose McGowan said uh, during an interview with Dave Rubin. Uh, it, it, we have not seen much of a response from the Newsom campaign yet on that front, uh, and it would be interesting to see how they respond to that. And, and we know that you have and, and can I also add that... Uh, uh, Rose McGowan has produced emails that were sent uh, to her from uh, Gavin Newsom's wife, suggesting that they were having some sort of correspondence. What in the world is Gavin Newsom's wife doing contacting Rose McGowan, who made serious allegations of sexual uh, harassment, if not rape, against Harvey Weinstein, who currently is facing several charges of rape as we speak? Again, this would be a bombshell story if it were about Larry Elder, but all of a sudden, uh, the, the very the same people uh, that ran with the story about me uh, not liking women, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, Political, don't seem to give a rip about this story. It is unfair. It's the kind of double standard to which I've been subjected the whole time I've been running. Well, this is the second time that you've been on the Fox 11 special report at 7 o'clock, so we thank you for being with us tonight. With that said, do you think that you have been unfairly treated by the media? Is that what you're saying? Oh, good Lord, yes. I mean, my goodness, just the other day in Venice at a, at a homeless encampment, some white woman wearing a gorilla mask threw an egg at me. Uh, and if I had a D at the end of my name, they'd be talking about how this is a hate crime and this is an example of systemic racism and all of that. I'm not one of those who plays the race card, but I'll give you another example. The New York Times the other day wrote a long piece about me, about Larry Elder, who was negative did not mention my race, did not mention that when I win, I'll be the first black governor of California. Now, I've never played this race card angle. I've never said people ought to vote for me because I'm black, or people should vote against me because I'm black. But on the very same page, there was a big article about, quote, the first female governor of New York, close quote. Now, uh, she only became governor because Cuomo resigned, but they made a big deal out of her being the first female because she had a, a, a D at the end of her, of her name. And in an article about me on the front page, the same front page, didn't even mention my race, let alone that I'd be the first black governor of California. It is, Alex and Marla, a double standard. We wanted to bring up what you just mentioned, uh, the situation in Venice the other day. It was despicable. You mentioned there was a woman in a gorilla mask. 
This woman threw an egg at you. She physically attacked your security detail. This is the video we're seeing there. Do you think this was a hate crime and should she be prosecuted? Well, certainly she should be prosecuted. Uh, and I've never been terribly keen on the whole concept of hate crime in the first place. I think a crime is a crime. I think more importantly, you ought to be wondering whether or not she's one of the 20,000 convicted felons that were released early uh, under this governor, uh, many of whom were violent offenders. You ought to be asking yourself whether or not this person would even be on the streets if it weren't for soft on crime DAs like George Gaston of L.A. County, uh, who was backed by uh, by Gavin Newsom and who was uh, appointed DA of San Francisco by Gavin Newsom. And, and George Gaston does not believe uh, in bail. He believes in cashless bail. And maybe, just maybe, this uh, woman, this criminal, might not even be on the streets if it weren't for soft on crime policies pushed by the LA County DA. And maybe she wouldn't be on the street at all if she's one of the 20,000 convicted felons who were released early uh, by Gavin Newsom. Uh, you know, I call this the intersection of homelessness and lawlessness. We have a rising problem of homelessness that Gavin Newsom seems incapable of fixing. When he ran for mayor in 2004, he said, in 10 years, I'm going to clean up the homeless problem in San Francisco. Marla, Alex, have you been to San Francisco recently? It's worse than ever. And he sat around for eight years as Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom did and said, I have nothing to do. I offered a suggestion. How about fulfilling the campaign promise you made to people in San Francisco back in 2004? Well, and, and uh, we don't know who that woman is. Uh, we know that what she did uh, was racist and wrong. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see in the days ahead if, if they're able to identify who that person is. Let, let's talk about, about election integrity, which is something that I know President Trump has talked about, something you've talked about. There's uh, Sacramento Bee uh, writing about this. Larry Elder prepares for California recall loss with lawyers, voter fraud website. Th th there's a campaign website that you've set up. We want to put that up on the screen uh, where you are encouraging people to let you know if they see anything wrong uh, so that your campaign can file lawsuits to fight that. Um, so right. now that that's up, you know, have you seen any any examples of voter fraud? Or are there any lawsuits that are coming? Uh, we've gotten a bunch of phone calls from people who spotted suspicious things. Uh, we haven't filed any lawsuits yet. And I'm encouraging people if they see or hear anything suspicious let us know. You've got a bunch of lawyers examining these claims. And if and when we find something, we're going to be filing lawsuits in a timely fashion. Will you accept the results of the election on Tuesday, regardless of what they are? No, Marla. I find it interesting. I get this question. I'm not offended by your question. But nobody ever asked Gavin Newsom, did he accept the election results of 2016? Hillary? said that 2016, she referred to Donald Trump for four years as having stolen the election, her word, not mine. She referred to Donald Trump as illegitimate, her word, not mine. And two-thirds of Democrats falsely believe the Russians changed vote tallies. The Senate report found the Russians tried, but right. did not change a single vote tally, yet two-thirds of Democrats believe that. No one's ever asked Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom, do you agree with Hillary that the election was stolen in 2016? Do you agree with Hillary that Donald Trump was illegitimate? Do you agree with 78% of Democrats who feel the 2016 election, the Russians changed the outcome, even though the, the Senate intel report could not, could not find one way or the other whether or not the Russians changed the outcome of the election yet? According to Gallup, we finished. According to Gallup, 78% of Democrats believe that the Russians changed the outcome of the election. But nobody seems to ask my opponent, Gavin Newsom, whether or not he agrees with Hillary. Look, two, two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, I, I personally talked about some of the problems on the far left in terms of uh, admitting um, when the election is, in fact, legitimate. And there's clearly been problems on the far right as well. 
But isn't there some danger in this game? This this idea that if I don't win, I'm there's got to be cheating, uh, and that the questioning the legitimacy of an election. And you could win, and the other could be true, right? I mean, it, that that uh, isn't there danger in that? I'm happy to answer your question, but first I got to push back a little bit. Donald Trump's uh, social media platforms have been shut down because he's quote been pushing the big lie close quote about the 2020 election. Hillary's platforms have not been shut down. Our Twitter's not been shut down. Facebook hasn't been shut down. Instagram hasn't been shut down. She said for four years Donald Trump stole the election. For four years she referred to Donald Trump as illegitimate to the point where she's convinced two thirds of Democrats falsely that the Russians changed vote tallies. Now I just want a little consistency here. Now, uh, now look, I believe that so many people are angry about. Gavin Newsom, because of the crime, because of the homelessness, because of the way he shut down schools, denying these kids a whole year of in-school education, and the kids were already backward uh, because of the fact that people are leaving California for the very first time. No matter what they do, there's going to be so many people who want Gavin Newsom recalled, who are going to vote yes on the recall. It won't matter what they do. Okay, we're four days away, Larry. Uh, your campaign has certainly uh, shifted the dynamic in your life. We want to know how has running changed you? Well, I've gained six pounds and I've lost my voice. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a whole new respect, Marla, for, for politicians. I was never one of those on talk radio uh, that demeaned politicians that came up with funny names for them because I always knew it was a tough gig. But this is very, very grueling, uh, putting yourself out there, having your personal life raked over the coals, having things lied about you, twisted about you. Uh, and then every two years, four years, six years, depending upon the term of the office, there's a thumbs up or a thumbs down over how well you've done your job. Uh, it's a tough gig. I have a lot more respect for politicians than I did before. And I always did respect politicians. I mean, as it, it, but I, you as a person, though, has it shaped you at all? I mean, because I know you've said before that you can never kind of go back, that this is going to change you forever. Right. How does this change you now and going forward? Well, I've become a, a pretty prominent figure uh, in California politics, a pretty prominent figure in California Republican politics. Uh, and I will still ha have that uh, title no matter what happens on September the 14th. So that has changed me forever. But regarding the brutality of this, the way I was treated by the media, I'm not the least bit surprised. I've been following politics all my life. I've been commenting on politics and politicians all my life. So nothing has surprised me. And I do not regret one minute uh, getting into this race because I really believe I can fix some of the problems that I talked about. I was born and raised here. I'm from the inner city. I wasn't on going on third base and thought I hit a triple like my opponent. My dad came here with two nickels to rub together and went from poverty to the middle class, started a little cafe. So I understand the problems that small restaurant owners have. I ran a business myself. I didn't go bankrupt. I didn't liquidate it. I met a payroll. I sold it. It kept going. So I, I know firsthand how to run a business. Many of these people sitting in Sacramento, Alex and Marla, have not so much as run a hot dog stand. Here they are passing rules and regulations that burden business creation, business owners, uh, and burden employees. That's why people are leaving California for the very first time in our state's 170-year history, and I intend to reverse that. Well, Larry, uh, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, it's important to have a civil dialogue. Racism is wrong. Mm -hmm. Nobody should have to face that kind of attacks uh, when they're out there on the campaign trail. Uh, we, uh, uh, It's important to be able to talk in a nonviolent way and have a, a real debate about the issues. We appreciate you coming on here, making time for us. And best of luck to you in the final days of the campaign trail. I'm sure I'll see you out there in the next few days. Thank you, Larry. Uh, Alex, I'll see you in Sacramento. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool.
that was a quick one on uh, Larry Elder there, and uh, just the one of the most recent updates to uh, what he's uh, uh, transpiring with his campaign. Oh boy, lots of lots of conversations going on in the chat about Larry Elder. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily. Well, I don't think honestly that uh, he's going to play the black card. I I don't know. I don't know much about Larry Elder, but. Uh, he doesn't, at least from what I've heard from, he doesn't really seem to play that. Um, um, I think I think his point here and saying about how he's going to be the first black uh, black um, uh, elected president uh, governor for California was just to kind of uh, kind of tease, uh, you know, the mainstream media. Uh, and I'm I'm not saying that he's using their words against them. Uh, I just think that. Um, I don't know. It's it's a little politically correct to be all African American, actually, or you know, I don't know. I mean, that's just it's a waste of time. You know what I mean? Like to be like, uh, I'm the first uh, African ethnically uh, from Africa. My descendants were uh, individual person race thing here. I mean, just black Americans is what you know is politically correct nowadays. I think. If I'm not mistaken, but anyways, anyways, uh, that's aside from the point. I don't know if he supports uh, Oprah Winfrey either, uh, but uh, I was kind of uh, snooping around into that while we were listening to the uh, speech, and uh, it doesn't seem like he's an Oprah Winfrey fan. Um, he had some words about her uh, endorsing Obama and uh, some other stuff, but I don't have the time to look into it. So I guess that's neither here nor there right now. Uh, that's just kind of surface. Uh, but yes, yeah, so he was there on uh, Fox News and they had a whole bevy of questions to ask him about what's to come. Uh, but now when we're talking about the California recall elections proper and, you know, again, like I said, we had he just played the black card. <laughs> yeah, to, 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 to like kind of throw that in their faces. I, I mean, I guess he could have said uh, I, 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 I'm the first ethnically African-American person to uh, come into office with the skin color of brown. Um, but anyways, okay, so as I was saying, um, uh, then anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think all of that kind of thought is a little nitpicky, honestly, uh, uh, a little nitpicky, but uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the, um, let's talk about the, uh, the fraud that's happening here, because we got, we got uh, two, coin, we have two sides on this coin of fraud here, right? Now, in the first place, we've seen actual attempts at fraud. Already in the California recall election, we have seen a ballots that have uh, are folded on the Larry Elder line so as to cause those ballots to go through adjudication once they are scanned by the machines, meaning that it will be left up to a biased human being to decide how that person was trying to vote once the vote is disqualified from the electronic count, it goes into adjudication. That is what we saw happening to the 2020 presidential election in, and in other elections, but that was the chief thing. That's the reason why Hari Hursty over in Wyndham, New Hampshire said there was no intrinsic fraud in the, uh, in the election. It's because the ballots were folded wrong and the scanners read them wrong. Okay, that excuse, which is uh, part truth, it's only a small piece of the truth. Like we're seeing with the presidential audits, we're seeing it was not just folded ballots, misplaced ballots, stuffed ballots, us, you know, um, bad machines, machines that were hacked, you know, all the whole gambit. 
you know, that's just a small piece of the puzzle. Okay. So that's one piece of fraud that we saw that was a possible attempt in California recall elections already. We also saw the envelopes that had holes punched through the line where you check yes for the recall. So that means if you have a human biased postman or what have you, and they see that check mark for yes, they could very well toss or withhold that ballot. Okay, that was number two. We saw a meth addict drunkie who was found asleep in his car with hundreds of recall ballots already sealed. All right. What was he doing with them? We don't know. There was never a follow-up on that story. But 300 or more ballots in his car, this uh, guy who I guess uh, partied so hard when he went to go pick up the goods, he fell asleep at a 7-Eleven and they found him and they found them. Okay, that was number four. Uh, let's see. There is another case of uh, ballot fraud. Let's take a look, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well. This is number five. Okay, let's let's do this one now. Let's do this one now. This one's not as fresh as the next one that I got. Okay, guys, this one here, okay, is uh, this one here is the news report coming out of, uh, let me see here, coming out of, I have it here in my notes, I'm sure. Ah, I don't see it. Just V probably knows where this is at. Uh, oh, San Fernando Valley. I'm sorry. I apologize. Just took me a minute to read my notes. So this one's coming out of San Fernando Valley. Um, and uh, this is happening now, as, as a lot of the friends were already uh, mentioning this in the chat room, that we have Republicans going to the polls and they're being told that they already voted. Okay, let's not forget every person who has the ability to vote. And I'm sure also the illegals received a ballot. And they also all received the ability to print their own ballots. Okay. So that was another big piece of this fiasco that was going on. Hello. Uh, but let's take a look at this story real quick. This has got a lot of people concerned as they should be, uh, because what the heck does it mean that they already voted? And uh, guess what, guys? Uh, we've kind of seen this happening before. Think again, the 2020 presidential elections. Concern. Yeah. Hello. Court and Rick, this is quite a story. Good question. What is going on? We spoke with several concerned voters here in the West San Fernando Valley who believe something wonky had been going on at places like El Camino Real Charter High School in Woodland Hills. This place opened up as an early polling location, open 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. But several people tell us. They showed up to vote this morning in the special California governor recall election and were told that computers showed they had already cast their ballots. So what? Staffers, they say, were apologetic and helpful, but those voters we talked to are extremely concerned, suspicious, and wanting answers. California native and current West Hills resident, 88-year-old Estelle Bender, spoke with us just a short time ago. What happened today and how shocked are you? Oh, she seems to be caught in a pinwheel. Come on, Estelle Bender. <laughs> you can do it. All right, let me see uh, if I can get this uh, rigged up and fixed a bit better.
Let me see real quick. Give me one moment while I uh, perform a brief operation here. Uh, thank you for putting in links uh, to some kind of, I don't know what that is that you're giving me links to, Colored People, a music video by DC Talk performing Colored People. Um, okay. Point, uh, point taken, I guess. I'm not sure. If it's spoken word, I'm not a fan. I like, uh, I like um, actual poetry, just so you know. All right. Here we go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now we got a commercial. All right. It's coming right up, ladies and gentlemen. Just give us one sec. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It looks like a bunch of SJWs uh, in, a, in a warehouse. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you. There we Hello, go. Hello, Court and Rick. This is quite a story. Good question. What is going on? We spoke with several concerned voters here in the West San Fernando Valley who believe something wonky had been going on at places like El Camino Real Charter High School in Woodland Hills. This place opened up as an early polling location, open 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily, but several people tell us they showed up to vote this morning in the special California governor recall election. And, and we're, we're told, told that, that computers show they, they had already cast their ballots. So what? Staffers, they say, were apologetic and helpful, but those voters we talked to are extremely concerned, suspicious, and wanting answers. California native and current West Hills resident, 88-year-old Estelle Bender, spoke with us just a short time ago. What happened today and how shocked are you? Barry, I went to El Camino High School to vote, got there at 1030, gave her this, and she scanned it and said, you voted. And I said, no, I haven't. And she said, this has been happening all morning. The man next to me was arguing the same thing. So as I left, I did the provisional ballot. And I was just really angry. And I saw two women walking toward me as I left. And I said, don't be surprised if they tell you you've already voted. And she said, they've already done that. If I voted, how did I vote? And who did you vote for? Well, I asked the couple, the young women that I talked to, and I said, are you by any chance Republicans? She said, yes. And I said, well, so am I. And so are the two friends that had the problem at VFW. So. Makes you suspicious. I would think so. <laughs> and still, I'd like to know how I voted. All right, take a look. The L.A. County Registrar's Office released a statement tonight following our inquiries. A spokesman says the voters who experienced this issue were offered and provided a provisional ballot, the fail-safe option to ensure no one is turned away from voting. Provisional ballots are regular ballots, and once the eligibility of the voter is verified, they are processed and counted. After troubleshooting the issue, the equipment at the locations was replaced and voting continued. We'll have more throughout the night. Now reporting live in Woodland Hills. I'm Chris Wolf, KTLA 5 News.
Okay. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about the echo as well. Uh, and thank you all. And Two Rivers, I got to say, I love that. That's a little bit of wisdom right there. I might borrow some time. Not really nitpicky if it is the truth. Sometimes you got to be nitpicky or your sweater can unravel quickly. I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, I just, uh, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel that uh, it was made in that reference, but I guess if it is top of the mind, right? Um, maybe it's easier, easier said if it's just in conversation like that. Uh, so here we go again. That was the an instance here. And like, uh, like we, uh, we already know, uh, what, what does it mean when someone has already voted for them? Uh, most likely uh, that uh, someone maybe scooped up their provisional ballot and voted back on uh, whenever uh, early voting started. Who knows? It could be something to that effect. Effect, uh, but that's something that they should definitely watch for, in my opinion. And and here you have one Gavin Gruesome Newsome, okay, who is pissed. He's angered. He's mad uh, that uh, Larry Elder would go so far as to say that there is going to be election fraud in this uh, recall election. Now, uh, uh, Gruesome Newsome slammed the efforts um, as if though Larry Elder were trying to sow the seeds of doubt in this election. And that uh, also, you know, uh, that it seems that this is a thing that conservatives do nowadays. They're all taking a page out of Trump's book, right? And they're all going to go ahead and declare election fraud if, if they lose, you know, which is ridiculous, in my opinion, if they have these types of stories coming out already. Um, and, and like, you know, this uh, gruesome of a governor, Gavin Newsom, uh, basically saying that uh, all of this is just an extension of the big lie and also the stop the steal efforts is what he's touting. And and that's because, again, Elder had on his website um, had on his website uh, a link to stop California fraud dot com, uh, which is where you can go to report any instances of voter fraud that you may have seen. Now, in this article, Larry Elder did say that he will challenge the election results if it comes out cross. However, keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, um, Gavin Gruesome Newsom said that he would accept the election outcomes. Keep that in mind, guys. He said he would accept the election outcome. So uh, were, is this an air of confidence because he knows it's rigged? Or is he actually an upstanding and fair governor? Somehow I don't think that B counts. I'm pretty sure A is more with it. He knows it's rigged. We already had those examples of a rigged election that we went through. This was the latest one. This happened today. Now, this is, uh, these are three ballots that were mailed to the home of Ashley Babbitt, sole resident, right? Sole resident. And this was reported from uh, a group uh, to support Ashley Babbitt. She received three ballots to her residence. She's been, she has passed since January uh, 6th, right? And the other two ballots belong to people that do not even reside at this address, so now we're looking at five instances of possible election fraud with a very specific instance right here and also a very specific instance with the voters who could not vote in person um, uh, that we just saw on the news. OK, so there is more than likely going to be election fraud here in California. OK, 
Now, as far as everything that I was going through with all of the possible ways of fraud that they could do in California, as they did in the presidential election, as they ignored in New Hampshire and Wyndham, okay, we had last week a story about Hari Hursty, okay, the uh, the uh, Diebold um, election rigger professional who actually had a video about how to rig an election by um, by spoiling the memory card, who then ran an audit in Wyndham using the same machines that he did a video on 15 years ago, defraud the people of Wyndham, New Hampshire, by declaring there was no type of uh, intrinsic fraud in their election because there was a fold in the paper ballot, okay? Never once mentioned the memory card, Nothing, and I'm still miffed about that, guys. I ain't from New Hampshire. That that pisses me off. Okay, and now also Harry Hursty, as we reported last week, pops up saying there's going to be fraud in this election, so I need to be the man to come and fix it. Okay, so now you have that's what I'm saying. The bad guys have put the foot in the mouth because you have Gavin Gruesome Newsom saying there's not any election fraud. Larry Elder, be damned that he even declares that he's just trying to sow the seeds of doubt over the outcome. And then you have uh, Harry Hursty saying there is going to be election fraud. So I need to jump in because uh, the situation that I see he happening here, ladies and gentlemen, is Larry Elder wins. Harry Hursty comes in to, uh, to say there was fraud and rig it or Gavin Gruesome Newsome somehow pulls off the recall with the rigged election and to get ahead of the patriots who want to do Cyber Ninja on California, they're going to try and get Harry Hursty in there to cover over the fraud. Those are the instances. Either way, Harry Hursty needs to be brought to justice because he is not just complicit. He is a, he is totally involved, if not somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a uh, one of the the I would say one of the um, authors of this entire fraud. Because uh, even as some of the notes that I was re reviewing in regard to Wyndham, New Hampshire, you know, uh, one of the uh, one of the witnesses there was saying that uh, the entire idea of the ballot fold in uh, the fold in the ballot being what produced the uh, the discrepancy in the Wyndham, New Hampshire audit did not even come from Hari Hursty. It was not even his idea. He was running around with a, like a head, his head with a, a chicken without a head the entire time until until one of the uh, one of the uh, auditor people who wanted the audit it pointed that out, and then when they pointed that out, Harry Hursty took that story and ran with it, and he declared that nothing else in this uh, election had to do with fraud. So I really think that Harry Hursty he needs to be brought to justice. That man needs to be brought to justice, um, and so I guess we will see where we go from there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but the last item of four oh, and this here is actually the website, uh, stop, uh, stop uh, California election fraud. Uh, the website's um, address is uh, stopcafraud.com, stopcafraud.com. It's to protect election integrity. Uh, and it, it just uh, spells out here where you can go and what you can do if you've witnessed election fraud during the California recall elections. Uh, so you can get in touch with them and, uh, you know, they can uh, they can set something up with those who might have experienced such a thing over in California. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the last is uh, the last order of business for tonight is Rose McGowan. 
As you guys know, Rose McGowan has uh, been in and out of the spotlight uh, for a couple of years now, uh, particularly since the Harvey Weinstein debacle. I shouldn't say debacle. I should say crime, uh, you know, because, of course, she's uh, the one who got that initiated uh, when she decided that she was not going to stand for the abuse and uh, the crimes committed against her uh, by Harry. I mean, Harry Hursty. My bad. (laughs) By Harvey Weinstein. So anyhow, uh, since then, um, um, Rose McGowan has, uh, um, I guess, retired as an actress. Uh, She has moved to Mexico, interesting enough. I did not even know that. Um, And uh, she has been uh, kind of railing against the establishment, politicians and government for the last couple of years. Uh, coming out in support of uh, President Trump and appearing on Fox News and just um, um, uh, maligning the Democrats, the Democrat Party and what they stand for or what they don't stand for, to be quite honest with you. Um, So uh, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is Rose McGowan. Now uh, she has come out in support of Larry Elder. Um, she and Larry Elder held a press conference, I believe on Sunday, and, uh, she, uh, spoke at length about her experiences, uh, with Hollywood, uh, with the, uh, the lies and the crimes that they proliferate. And also, um, um, she talked, uh, she talked about Gavin Gruesome Newsom's wife. Now, as you guys may have heard in that interview that we just aired with Larry Elder, where he talked about this entire situation, uh, we have the wife of a sitting governor who, uh, according to Rose McGowan, six months prior to um, the entire Harvey Weinstein scandal busting wide open, was contacted by Gavin Grusom's wife um, uh, to see what it would take to buy her out from telling that story and to keep her mouth shut. Which actually, guys, is really big news, okay? Really big news. And then also, uh, she railed against Hillary Clinton. Uh, that's not part of the story today. We'll talk about that tomorrow, late tomorrow, maybe. Uh, maybe we'll show that picture. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not yet uh, with uh, Bill Clinton in the hotel. Um, if you have, I'll spare you. If you haven't, uh, well, stay tuned. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead. Uh, what I did is I went ahead and pulled this, uh, uh, this uh, press conference. And uh, I... Rose, it's not time yet. Uh, I just thought uh, to close the show, we'll go ahead and listen to what Miss McGowan had to say. Now, uh, again, like I said, uh, she is coming out in support of Larry Elder. Uh, during this press conference, uh, it is uh, it is all Rose McGowan's story, to be sure. So if you've never heard it, uh, this might be a first time for you guys. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I used to be a big Rose McGowan fan back in the day. Uh, I'm talking about like uh, back in the jawbreaker days. But anyways, um, that's neither here nor there, guys. Uh, we're just going to hear Rose's part of her press conference. Uh, I see Tanette Booth is also dropping the link in the chat. Yeah, this might be the same link. Um, this is the full uh, full speech that she gave at his uh, press conference. And I want to play it uh, for her support of Larry Elder, but also for her exposing and these allegations against Gavin Newsom's career. And then also for uh, the many viewers out there and the interwebs that maybe have not been able to hear this perspective from a former Hollywood actress and her opinion on where Hollywood is going. Of course, all of us here in the family community, we know what to expect from what she has to say. Uh, But with that said, we will turn this over. I'll see you guys on the other side and we will wrap up tonight's report. 
height discrepancy. I'm going to stand on my toes. Hi, everybody. Good morning, afternoon. My name is Rose McGowan. I am here visiting the United States of America for the first time in almost two years. And the environment, the energy of it, as so many of you know, is really hardcore. It's not okay. And it seems to be especially strong in California, a state I stayed in and fought for for years because the land, because the sacrifices that people have made to be here and to make it better. It gives me no great pleasure to call out Democrats. I was a Democrat. The very first activism I did was when my mother sent me out when we first came to America from Italy. I was sent out to pass out cigarettes that said, vote Dukakis. For the young people, that guy was never going to win. I still have that cigarette somewhere. I've been involved in politics behind the scenes, um, fascinated by it for many years, and how it really does affect and change lives in more ways than we know. I bet you've heard this. And I just realized you could not hear anything that I was just saying right now. <laughs> I just said that I forgot that there is a, there's going to be some commercial breaks in here. So uh, just a minute, guys. And for me, when I was younger, I fought the whole like, right-wing machine coming after Hillary Clinton and sexism, which is true, that's not wrong. But it doesn't mean it wasn't used as a shield to get away with a lot of nasty things. And so I had to the point where I'm not a Democrat, because everybody systematically traumatized, terrorized, harassed, stalked, and stolen from me. During, During my time, time in California and Hollywood, Hollywood, I have been a Democrat. What a bummer for me. What a bummer to realize that behind the scenes, it's not real. And some people don't know about me. I was also a lobbyist in Washington, D.C. I did a lot of strange things because I was bored of acting in general. It, wasn't, it was just a day job for me. I never wanted to be. I was discovered. And I thought, well, after I quickly realized I was stuck on the wrong side of the screen and could not get back out, I thought, well, how can I use cameras and microphones eventually to change lives? How can I get to an unfireable position so they can't stop me? I'm going to life hack the system, which is what I'm doing. I'm using their airwaves, their media, but every single one of you in here really knows what the skinny is, what the truth is, unless you really want to live a lie. And the thing I realized during the lobbying group that I was with, no labels, Republicans and Democrats working across the aisles. What that meant to me was like, ah, behind the scenes, I got to see them all through the cameras. And they were all pretty much talking the same game. And they were kind of all in on it together. And this is this is horrible. The first real act of public activism I did was not exposing Monster Weinstein. 
it was several years before that, I was at an event a month before the Hillary Trump election in New Hampshire. And I realized in this room of the most powerful Democrats and Republicans with no cameras there, they were saying who they were. So I tricked a young assistant with a, you know, a little headpiece. Uh, after the governor speaks, uh, they want you to bring me the microphone. Now, I had only seen hijacking in movies, so I didn't know what to say when I get up in front of this very powerful room that I never, um, I didn't know where I was that night. So I got up, and I said, this is a hijacking. <laughs> I didn't know how to express exactly what I was doing. I still really don't know how to express exactly what it is I do. So it gets very confusing for people. I understand that. Can you please turn the dinger off on your phone, whoever has it on? Thank you. Uh, but what I do is tell the truth. It doesn't give me pleasure. Believe me. But one truth I do know is this man here, Larry Elder. I used to listen to Larry Elder after I would uh, drive home from the set or if I got off early. I would listen to him on AM radio 640, probably the only actress in Hollywood doing so. Sometimes I would even like pull over and use a fake name, usually Tracy, to call in. And argue, or recommend. And from him, I learned about the corruption in the teachers' union in the California state. I learned how the state legislature used to be six months, but then we have to go 12 months because they'll do more work for the people of California. What a lie. What a lie. So I ask you today do you want to keep living this collective lie? Do you want to star in their movie? on all points? No. So what? He is the better candidate. He is the better man. And I've heard him for hours and hours and hours, for years. I really got to know his mind. Thank you. It was nice spending time with you, sir. He's a brilliant man. He cares. He cares about what a lot of us just nitpick at. And, and you're not saying the right word, or you're not doing this right, or you're not inclusive, you're not tolerant. First of all, someone told me they tolerated me. Does that sound like a nice way to think of people or be treated? I don't think so. And I know how they smeared me in the media, because so many of the people you work for are part of it, and you know it. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, what is the game? Is it short-term power? Is it short-term gain? What is so, why would you sell out your people, your citizens, yourself, your family, your loved ones, for what? For money? For the illusion of power? For the stranglehold you have on keeping people undereducated, underemployed, and terrorized by your government? Why? My enemies do not understand me. Okay, I don't understand that. We're at a fundamental impasse at that point. So imagine my surprise last week when I'm on the Dave Rubin show and we're talking about the recall, which I'd only had kind of a tangential awareness of because I live in Mexico, I live in the jungle. 
Uh, it took a lot for me to come to the U.S. I'm scared of this place. It's been very cruel to me. It has not been kind. A lot of people in this country like to kill that which they don't understand. It's like a cult. I grew up in one. I would know. I know all the markers. So I'm asking people watching or people reporting on this. First of all, don't report on me as an actress. I hung up that shingle 10 years ago. I fought my way out of that world. I deserve more respect than that. Thank you. That's a side note. So imagine my surprise when I'm on air with Dave, and I say, yeah, even I don't it came back to me. Gavin Newsom's ex-wife contacted me, and, and I said her name, and he said, that's his current wife. I said, it is. I mean, that's, I have so many monsters after me during the period that she made contact. An organization called We Are Ultraviolet that I do not trust, a feminist activism group got a hold of me and said, um, Jennifer Siebel Newsom, she's a big producer of feminist films and Hollywood documentaries. She's pro-women. She'll help you. I just directed a movie. It was nominated for Grand Jury Prize at Sundance. And because of the consistent and total blacklisting that I endured for almost all of my career, as haphazard as it was, uh, after Weinstein assaulted me, um, I thought maybe someone will help me finally. Maybe somebody will be real. Maybe, maybe this will be the one. Because I always hope. They haven't taken that away from me. God, they've come close. So after Dave tells me that she's his current wife, on the way home, I go through my emails. And I'm like, and I remember, I said, yeah, even like his ex-wife called me and said, what will it take? Uh, what can Boy Schiller do to make you happy. Now, I had no idea who Boy Schiller was at this point. This is about four and a half months before the expose that I set up in the New York Times came out. I didn't know who David Boyce was. I didn't know he was an operator trying to suppress me. At this point, I did not know that he had already gone to former Israeli Prime Minister Abu Barak of Israel and say, who should I hire to stop Rose McGowan? I did not know. I could feel the shadow of people around me. I found recording devices in my car, in my house. Uh, new photos hacked and disseminated, courtesy of whom I believe to be Lisa Bloom, another big feminist attorney, another big Democrat. So when I finally got on the phone with Jennifer Siegel Newsom for what I assumed was about movie projects, imagine my surprise when she says, what can Boy Schiller do to make you happy? And I, again, I had no idea who that was. So I, I just said nothing and hung up on her. That was my last contact with her. And then the expose broke. And I spent years setting this up, years behind the scenes. Um, Pounded at every turn. Day is tomorrow in the California recall. President.
just when I thought I had it down perfect. <laughs> I was like, I got my flow here. Okay, let me get this back up. I am so sorry, guys. Uh, uh, thanks for dropping that link for uh, advertiseless videos, Two Rivers. Another friend in the in the community also tossed one my way, uh, but I have not had a chance to download that yet. Okay, thank you, and uh, here we go again, guys. So then I go through my emails, and I remember upon seeing a long email where Jennifer Siegel Newsom is inferring that she reminds me of Rachel to get into the private email of Weinstein and Rainbow Victims. And the other day, I, I was reading it and I was like, oh, I have forgotten about this lady. I've forgotten about this treachery because there were so many. It was coming at me every day from all sides. My only goal was to take down some monsters to show people that you do not have to be out there to make You do not have to fight the angels of power. You do have to cut off his head. It is a hydra. It is a many-headed beast. You get one down, another pops up. That's what I was dealing with. Plus the global derision. The media that Weinstein had paid off for so many years to destroy me because I never signed a non-disclosure agreement. He was right. I was his enemy. And he was correct. I am formidable. Again, it doesn't make me happy. I was just wondering my life, life where I could walk in the grass and stare at some trees. Pretty simple. But it didn't turn out that way. So I thought, I can keep life hacking the system. And I don't care if nobody ever believes in me. Because I was there. I know the truth. I don't believe in gaslighting. I refuse to be tricked. And every line in this email the Weinstein victims, talking about me and my paranoia, and the reason I suspect her to be a spy is because of my trauma. She starts it with, please turn off the things, thank you. She starts it with, I'm writing from the Bahamas. Okay, thanks for being rich. I don't know what you're trying to say. Um, imagine my surprise as I get deeper and deeper into this that I find out, and it's not on Google, definitely on it, by the way, on DuckDuckGo, I find out that, in fact, her brother-in-law is um, David Boyce's law partner, Schiller's son. So today we look up DuckDuckGo, we put in his name, her brother-in-law. I find out he's arrested for beating his wife. Imagine my surprise. These are your leaders. These are who you vote for. And these are who you are attacking. This man, me, and anybody who's like, why not change? Why not be better? So as an outsider, so not from this country, this country changed my name the first day I got here at 11. My name is Rosa Ariana. They changed it to Rosa. I forgot that until two years ago. It has stolen so much. And it does it to all of you. I've traveled the world and I've had so many people say to me, Americans are the most uneducated. Not wrong, but they are wrong in this. It's undereducated. It's systematic. And it's done to you all on purpose to keep you part of a complicity machine that benefits you. This is not a country or a state for everyone. This is a country for the few. This is a country for people like hair gel in the Bahamas. Okay, that's the reality. And I really wish I had better news. It gives me no pleasure to be the bearer of like truth, which is sometimes ugly. 
Or do you want a society that has gangrene on its leg, but puts on a fancy suit and pretends it's not there while they hobble in pain? Or do you want to just stop, look at reality, take your medicine, clean up the wound, and run? Run free. Why not change? Why not go big? Why not put a stake in the heart of evil? Because that's what this really is. This is good and this is evil. And if you're tired of people looking at this country like it's the Florida of the world, which it is looked upon that way because, you know, it's earned it in a lot of ways. Um, I know this place has it in it to be better. I know it does. I've met so many good people in this country, not the elites, absolutely not. But the person I meet, you know, that's the housekeeper at the hotel I'm staying at, um, who shouldn't even have that title because she's a queen of a woman. And then we have the Jennifer Siebel Newsoms of the world. Why? Why do you keep choosing them? Why do you keep electing them? Don't listen to their buzzwords, cult leaders, which is what these people are. I would know, I grew up in one, like I said. They massage your mind. They keep you in fear. They keep you in doubt. I kind of suspect on the inside that this is all a lie, but I don't want to be the one that stands out, takes it on the chin. But I'm here to confirm for you it is a lie. It is a fact. And when I say things, I'm, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm like, I didn't tell you how I felt about it. I told you a fact. It's a different thing. Start noticing in your life how many times people will tell you, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. And start being brave enough to stand out, brave enough to be different, brave enough to challenge. Does it cost? Yes. But if we all do it, it will get so much easier. It will get so much better. I believe in this man because I know his mind and I would like to think on some level I know his heart. Take away the Republican word. Take away the Democrat word, okay? Who do you want to govern you? Someone who cares passionately, even though you may disagree with him on some points? Or do you want somebody who's really operating behind the scenes to keep you all in ignorance while they rob the bank and go to the Bahamas? My money's on Elder. Not that I have any because I took that too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing. And I would really appreciate anybody watching or reading this to think differently. To be brave. Do something that's weird, like maybe voting Republican, even though it will feel strange cellularly. I felt that way when I first went on Fox News. I was like, weird. I get it, right? But that's okay. Because right now, y'all are in a pickle. It's not going so well here, is it? It's not. I know you can do better. I know you can be better. And I know this is the person that can push that better for all of us, for all of you. Systemic change is what's needed. Go big. This is not going well. So you have a choice. Stay status quo. Or be brave. I vote for bravery. I vote for Larry Elder. Okay, ladies and gentlemen.
that was a a pretty uh, that was different. I mean, very bold. Uh, we've kind of heard the Rose McGowan story in pieces, bits and pieces through uh, brief interviews and uh, stuff like that. Um, here she's going all out, uh, basically uh, telling everyone without getting into detail, some of the things that she knows and has experienced uh, relating her story. I mean, upon listening to that the first time, I was kind of like, wow, this is kind of all about her. Um, and, and she's not really saying much about Larry Elder, but uh, I think she was just trying to illustrate uh, the difference. Uh, like she said, it will feel weird, you know, um, uh, perhaps there's a bit of that cognitive dissonance that kind of comes into play also. But, you know, she really was embedded in the Hollywood, I don't know how you would describe that really, um, the Hollywood trafficking trade. I don't know what you would say about that, but uh, that is that, ladies and gentlemen, what do I have here? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the uh, that's the thing. Okay. Um, and so I just wanted to share that with you guys, because, uh, again, that's also something that not many news outlets are talking about. You might hear it. Um, uh, you might hear it uh, on Fox and maybe on some of the other uh, agencies. But Two Rivers, you and your conspiracy theories. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> oh, who is that? Uh, he says, did she say be? No, she said be better, not be back better. <laughs> You just want to be contrite tonight, don't you, my friend? You just you just want to stir the pot. That's what you're doing right now, my friend. All right, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for tonight on the Sea Report. Thank you. We went into Max Overdrive at, uh, we were supposed to be done about 930, folks. So I appreciate you all hanging out and, uh, and checking out what we had to offer. We'll be back tomorrow, of course. Now, like I said, uh, as for tomorrow, uh, we will we will play the um, we will play the uh, President Trump and Gateway pundit interview. Uh, we will be here till past midnight if we were to do it tonight. And uh, there's a, a lot of other things going on on the Foxhole.app, and I'm sure a lot of other places. For your mind, and I don't want to hold you guys up. I definitely appreciate you guys. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, I felt that way too. Smitten Kitten, 38. She was a little bit long-winded, um, uh, maybe. But yeah, but hey, you know what? Uh, she's uh, she's she's turned over a new leaf, as it would see. I'll be honest with you. Um, I was I was impressed at how, uh, you know, statuesque Larry Elder stood there on some things that I probably would have cringed at, honestly. But that's just me. Um, but they're professionals, right? And that's, I guess, why they're there. Uh, two in the pink, thank you for gifting the can. <laughs> I know two rivers. You guys are awesome. To everyone who's watching on Twitch and Clout Hub, thank you. Uh, to uh, my family and friends over at the Foxhole app, it is always a pleasure. Allow me to release the scratching uh, before uh, I forget. Uh, I also have a couple of special announcements coming up in the works uh, involving the month of October and certain events that some of you all might be aware of happening then. Uh, we'll get to that later. And then uh, possible housekeeping for the end of the week um, uh, in regards to the Friday show. Um, you know, I got uh, um, I got some uh, family and friends coming into town. Uh, so as those plans hatch out, uh, I'll let you guys know what's going on on Friday and Saturday for the weekend because uh, it is my birthday week. So, uh, you know, I got to... Uh, 
you know, give, well, well, we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a great night. We'll see you again tomorrow. If not sooner, I might head over. <laughs> can you hear me scratching? I might head over to uh, the speak and easy. He's doing a show tonight. Maybe I'll pop in there. I saw, I think it was two rivers. was asking, no, no, no. Narcom Hampon TV. Was that you, my friend? I don't know if you're still out there. He was asking if I would uh, go on again tonight later. Um, thought about it, uh, but I do also want to go see what the speak uneasy is up to. Uh, so you might see my friendly face over there, ladies and gentlemen, but in the meantime, in between time, you all have a great evening. Um, and, uh, be, you don't forget guys, be blessed, be safe and God bless America. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Thank you.